1: This podcast exists because of the paid members at decodingtv.com and this week I just want to say a hearty thank you to everyone who signed up to be a paid member and who made this podcast possible without you we wouldn't have been able to recap this season of the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power so thank you and if you want to join and get ad-free episodes and bonus episodes and early access to episodes go to decodingtv.com From shadow you came to Shadow, I bid you return.
0: He is not Sauron. He is the other. He is the other. He is
1: you. I'm good. Here's my question for you today, Don Marshall. Mm-hmm. Are you good? <laughs> because I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, fine. Uh, I'm good, by the way. Um the phrase that I use to tell my wife I don't need any more salt on my eggs. <laughs> and also what a wizard uses to announce their alignment same same coincidence it I works
2: think. for dungeons and dragons i guess it works for him too
1: <laughs> hello everyone welcome to decoding tv a podcast about television i am david chen
2: and i'm fine <laughs> or sorry i'm good excuse me and i'm good
1: yes. <laughs> I'm, don- I'm and i'm don marshall Welcome to the podcast. On this episode of Decoding TV, we are going to be discussing season one, episode eight of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, Alloyed. Aloyd. Alloyd. Alloyed. Alloyed. Alloyed,
2: if you played, uh, if you A- uh, played, Horizon uh, the- Forbidden the video- West, right? There yeah. we go. I knew A-loid. I liked you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, a- Alloyed, I apologize. I don't know. I, I, already, this is off to a bad start. It, uh, anyway. <laughs> you know what? It's fine. It's
2: fine. We're starting the way we, we always mm-hmm. want to with chaos. And uh, look, people already harped on you for mispronouncing Adar. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's not get into it. It's, it's Adar, that, right? It's Adar. It's yes. Adar. Yeah, it's not you've, that. you've
1: drilled that into me. So, okay. I, um, yeah. y- you can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. <laughs> Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And find us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. At Decoding TV. All right. Before we get into today's episode, there's a few announcements we want to make. First of all, uh, I just want to say up top that it has been an absolute delight to to recap the season of Decoding TV. Uh, sorry. The Rings of Power on Decoding TV with Don Marshall. Um, Don and I have never worked together on anything before. I suspected it would go well. In my opinion, it's gone swimmingly. Uh, I've had such a great time. Talking with Don each week, and I find Don's, like, gentle demeanor in walking me through the world, the you know, lands of Middle Earth to be very uh, irresistible. So, Don, I just want to acknowledge up top, thank you for taking a chance on me and on Decoding TV. Um, I hope you've had a good time as well. I
2: I have had a wonderful time. Thank you so much, David. For those listening on the audio-only forums, I am blushing very hard right now. Mm -hmm. David, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing the show with a filthy casual such as yourself, and
1: I, for one... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Had a wonderful time explaining mm-hmm. the lore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, f- thanks for all the people who have supported us and listened to us this season. I do want to mention um, Decoding TV as a podcast will continue. Uh, we will be covering more shows in the future. Uh and I'll have more specifically a lot more to announce within the next 2 weeks still working out some final details Ooh. of what our next shows will be. So just keep it tuned in to the Decoding TV podcast feed at podcast.decodingtv.com. Uh lots of announcements in the future. They're very exciting. Uh it's going to be great. So All right. Um, yeah. I also want to mention of course for paid members at decodingtv.com we are planning to do at least one more bonus episode uh before we ta- we wrap up on Rings of Power. Uh, for this season. So, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll get a bonus episode onto the decodingtv.com bonus feed, premium feed. Um, so you can look forward to that if you are a paid member. Don Marshall, somebody made a suggestion to me, mm-hmm. uh, this last week, and I was like, this is such a great suggestion. I, I'm sad we didn't implement it further, you know, sooner. Um, but somebody had suggested, hey, David Chen, you know the no spoiler policy on decoding TV is really killing me with a, with uh, Rings of Power I, because they want access to Don Marshall's brilliance, <laughs> and I'm I'm holding them back from it is what's happening. So they're like, so they're like, I really want to hear what Don Marshall has to say in terms of book spoilers. So uh, what we're gonna what what I should have done earlier this season and what we're gonna do at the end of this episode is have a section that's just book spoilers. For the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Bower. So we're we're not going to do it for the main episode. So if you're just a show watcher, you can still enjoy that. But at the end of the episode, I am ready to hear some book spoilers. At this point, um, my sense is, Don, that they've deviated so far from the books in many ways that it's still going to be interesting to me, regardless. Because you know, assuming I continue watching the show, uh, I w- it will be interesting to see how they you know what the differences are in how, the choices they made. So,
2: yes. So yeah. I, I will say this just to kind of preface uh, anybody who yeah. maybe wants to take part in that. Um, I will potentially spoil a lot, but I don't necessarily see it as they've deviated so far from the lore mm-hmm. rather than the second age. We don't get like a book the way we do the Hobbit or the trilogy. We get yeah. like plot points, like the thing that happens at the end of this episode with some, uh, we're assuming people have already seen the episode if they're listening to this yes yes yes. so we're gonna spoil the season finale of season one yep yes so uh plot point one they make the rings plot point two there's you know probably going to be a defeat of sour like there are little bits and pieces that we get here and there but not like dialogue and stuff so instead of i think deviating i would say they are filling in the blanks Hmm, and this show really has just become a uh an opinion piece on, do you like how they filled in that blank? And
1: if the answer is yes, they <laughs> right. this podcast. You this podcast you're saying, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll try to do a little bit of like book spoilers at the end of this episode. So look yes. forward to that. Okay. And then uh, finally, I wanted to read an email that someone wrote into DecodingTV at gmail.com. This is from Matt from Washington. And I thought this was a pretty good email. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I thought it was a good email. Um, so this email comes in from Matt. He He writes... First, I thoroughly enjoy the show. Look forward to more collaboration between you two. Me too, Matt from Washington. Likewise. I wanted to write in about your last episode and get some thoughts about the show and your thoughts about it. While I don't think the show is perfect, you have raised valid criticism. I think I've enjoyed the show more than it sounds like you have, especially this last episode. I'm in total agreement that the death of Isildur doesn't work at all and was a miscue, but I wanted to provide a different perspective on the last episode. So he's referring to season one, episode seven, The Eye, which by the way... ...is the second episode that I watched last week entitled <laughs> The Eye from a Prestige TV show. <laughs> the other right. one being Andor, also re- uh, reviewed on Deco- on Decoding TV. Uh, both of you expressed some dissatisfaction that the show decided not to kill off any characters in the aftermath of Mount Doom's explosion. I absolutely think that's a valid perspective, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to know that more people feel the same as you. But I have a theory that there's more expectation of character death after the cultural phenomenon of HBO's Game of Thrones. Hmm. It's not exactly a secret that George R. R. Martin was inspired by Tolkien's work, but wanted a more realistic or brutal bend to it. One of the hallmarks of Martin's work is that actions always have consequences, often bloody and cruel. There's sex, brutality, and death in Martin's fantasy world, which stands in fairly stark contrast to Tolkien's work. Game of Thrones was an incredible show that grabbed the uh, general population's attention like a few other shows before it. I wonder if we, as a general audience, expect more Martin-esque storytelling ...as kind of a new default. If you think back to the Lord of the Rings films... ...or the original Fellowship... ...only Boromir dies. Spoilers for the Lord of the Rings films. The rest survive, not counting Gandalf... ...he comes back from the dead. And the Fellowship faced some truly stunning odds and foes. Thinking back on those original books and films... ...many characters would have likely died... ...if George R. R. Martin was in charge of storytelling. Uh, I don't think either <laughs> form of storytelling is superior. I enjoy both Lord of the Rings and Rings of Power. I just think it's a perfect example of the difference... I'm sorry, sorry. I think a perfect example of difference is actually when Elrond and Durin have the conversation about the elves needing Mithril to save themselves. Elrond just tells Durin the truth, and the conflict is resolved using words and the truth. In contrast, Ned Stark tries to be honorable and loses his head for it. The last thing Hmm. I'll mention is that there's one thing that died in the last episode, the Southlands. While there are no major characters who died, the world was dramatically altered forever. Our main group went from a victory feast to Pompeii in no time at all. I think they would have killed some characters uh, uh, off. They could have killed some characters off, and I don't think it would have been the wrong choice, but I do think there were significant uh, impacts in the world of Middle-earth. If you've read this far, thank you, love the show, and you too, end quote. So uh, this this is representative of many sort of messages I got via tweets and emails of people saying like, Hey, David, there were things that were changed. The Southlands became border, for one. Good thing we dealt with that this episode, by the way. (laughs) Um and then oh, and then Jesus. uh and, and also like Queen Uriel lost her sight, obviously, and I think that's probably gonna reverberate throughout next season. Um but also we all, like
2: we lost Velan deal. Don't forget about Velan deal. You forgot about Velan deal, didn't you?
1: Wasn't it Antima? Are you talking about Antima? Oh shoot. Oh no! <laughs> it, owned, Don.
2: Oh owned. no. I got the name I got the name wrong. <laughs> All right, thanks for coming to the show, everybody. I'm yeah, gonna yeah. go.
1: Goodbye, goodbye, <laughs> goodbye, Don. This podcast is at an end. No, you're referring to Antimo. I am out, referring before. to Antimo. Wow, the oh, first David God. Chen correction of Don Marshall on the podcast. Oh God, and, um, I'm never gonna live this down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Antimo died. Yes, but okay. So they bring up Boromir. But here's the thing about Boromir. At least that was a major character. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> At Fair. least it's a character whose name you re- remember and, yeah. is a, <laughs> and is a like a memorable character. So yeah. um, and, and uh okay, as for the Southlands going away, I think <sighs> mixed. Mixed on this because on the one hand, yes, the Southlands are changed forever. We got a little bit of a taste of the Southlands, like mm-hmm. you know, this has been an open question, by the way, that was asked like last week, last couple weeks is like what is the Southlands? Is it literally just this village, or is it like, is it like, are there thousands more people out there in the, South, in the Southlands? Because when everyone's like, it's it's King, you're the King of the South, like Hal Brand is King of the Southlands. Everyone was like, is he just King of these like thirty people, or are there more people? Like, <laughs> I, what's what I is the think, Southlands? I think you know?
2: the implication was that 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 village they go to in episode two uh, is like the second village, and then they are
1: right, they're, little they're villages doing a spread tour. Around. There's a patrol of all the
2: Southlands. Well, I I don't think the Southlands is just those two villages, uh, (laughs) but it probably would have helped if we had had, like, some sort of enormous helicopter map shot with tons of different villages sprinkled in, and then they zoom in on this one, because it's where the tunnel is. Like, yeah. Yeah um that's an interesting uh uh point though that i i kind of like that email and I, this is what i love so much about the tolkien community is that it always gives me something else to think about in a different perspective um because now that i am thinking about it yeah i guess i do have a little bit of like influence from the george rr R. martin thing is mm-hmm. tolkien when tolkien kills off his characters he either does it um you know the millions of nameless uh, warriors at once, or these really big dramatic deaths of of main characters, i.e., yeah. Boromir and you know a number of right. others, uh, right. in especially in the movies.
1: I, I think it's a totally fair point to make. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I do. I do think, you know, I don't know. I, I, I just I, I do think for, you know movies are different than TV shows, but also like the language. Of the TV show, the visual language of the TV show was you have these freaking lava flows coming in and just owning people left and right, and then to show that and then not have anyone die is a disappointment. But okay, let's 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 tackle the Southlands thing, right? Sure. As we've just discussed, like not super clear what the Southlands was, other other than this very beautiful place that had this at least two villages in it. But I think also the way that the Southlands became mortar was a little bit. Uh, of an anticlimax, like if, if you think about how it happened um I'm, I'm gonna describe the sequence of events okay please Aaron, Aaron Deer hides this blade that's incredibly crucial to the plan he hides this blade he doesn't he does a shit job of hiding the blade okay <laughs> because uh obviously theo sees that he's hidden the blade mm-hmm. we know that the blade is critical to Adar's plans we don't know how and, and then Theo gives up the blade and then Adar gives it to this guy Waldreg who runs off and then puts it in the build a mortar kit and then like twists the handle <laughs> what and, and then like all of a sudden it's all it's mortar right <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I'm just like, like that is the secret sequ- that is literally what is in the show that led up to the creation of mortar so i i am that's not some that that what that sequence of events i just described does not get me Fully invested in the like, there's no like, hey, we have to prevent the blade from going in this thing, or else, you know, more like none oh, of that is set up. Oh, right?
2: oh, wait, I just thought of something really cool that they could have gone, could have done that. I'm upset that they didn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh,
1: oh, this would have been so cool. <laughs> is this okay. a spoiler for the spoiler stuff? No, this this or? isn't even okay, a spoiler. Ahead, this is
2: just something that I thought might have been fun. What if you have Adar be in the tower fighting with? Arandir. And Arundir is trying to plunge, and he's fighting Arandir yes, with the blade. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It gets better. It gets better. You take them fighting in this, in this tower, this destroyed tower. And Arandir's got the blade, and he, he goes to stab um, Arundir and like he's trying to, or not stab Arundir, He's trying to stab it inside the the little lock key yeah. thing that unlocks yeah. it. And Arndir puts his hand out and tries to block it with his mm. own flesh, and it goes right
1: through the flesh. And he turns the key, and like, like,
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just came up yeah. with that, and I, yeah, I, that would have been I, a little I, bit more dramatic.
1: the The point being, I think that. I don't believe you correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but I don't believe they're like, we gotta prevent the blade from getting into this keyhole thing or else or else terrible things are gonna happen, right? That that like, was never brought up
2: and that is not a spoiler but, in anything. This is a fill in the blank.
1: It's another instance mm-hmm. in which in, in a show in a season full of instances where the showrunners have opted for surprise instead of suspense instead of tension. Mm-hmm. It's like, aha, it's Mordor. Look. I'm like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. That's right. And that's actually a problem of the storytelling is that it would have been nice to know what the stakes were of like, hey, if they get the blade, then all this stuff happens. But then like you have to then you have to then seed all that stuff earlier. You have to like create scenes that have tension of like Aaron Deere trying to hide the blade and Theo and you know, all this stuff that the show doesn't put in the work to do. So you're yes, you're right. You're right. People like Matt from Washington, who I really appreciated this email and I thought they were great points. You're right that the Southlands did become mortar. The way in which it did so was completely bereft of any suspense, tension or or Is sticks it, in my Are you opinion,
2: familiar right. with Chekhov's gun? Are you familiar with Chekhov's gun? I am familiar <laughs> with Chekhov's gun. Yeah, yes. Is this this feels very much like we needed a little bit less of an aha moment and more of a contextual Chekhov's gun for this. Basically, yes. well, that's, give us give us the tension, have us know everything from the start. I believe we mentioned this last week yes, with we The Stranger okay. and how like, yeah, we we probably should have Or, known
1: or literally everything, everything in this episode of the show, I would argue. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's get to it. Let's get to it, okay? Let's get into it. Season 1 episode 8. What has been so valuable about this this season of Decoding TV to me is, like, I, I do I, – I, I'm, like, all all of a sudden getting randomly emotional, maybe because I didn't sleep very well last night. But, like, I do – one of the things that I get to do with Decoding TV and a of Kings, working with folks like Don Marshall and Ken Renfro and so on, is, like, I do get to experience, like, what the fandom of these <laughs> shows is like, you know? <laughs> Uh, and I don't, I don't take it lightly, you know, I don't take it lightly that I get to kind of be tangentially a part of it. Um, at the same time, and it's, it's, it's been an honor to kind of like walk with the show alongside you, Don Marshall. Um, but I also need to kind of stand in my own truth of how I feel about the show. Totally fair. The thought, the thoughts you're about to hear are reflective of that. So Don, I'm curious your overall thoughts on season one, episode eight. Uh, this is one episode eight yeah. of of Rings of Power.
2: This Go episode ahead. continues my thought for this overall season. It was fine. It continues to have really poignant moments that are interrupted by an overall story that uh, is <laughs> by an overall not,
1: story. Period. <laughs> but yeah,
2: <laughs> that may not be as strong as many would like it to be. A um, lot of high points. Uh, overall throughout this season, a couple of high points, this episode that I thought were really well done that show the show's Mm -hmm. potential and promise, um, and a decent number of, of, uh, questionable things that while I think were, um, were not the best, I think if we can just get rid of it for season two, get rid of the (laughs) aha moments, get rid of these Mm -hmm. unearned, Mm -hmm. uh, majestic uh, scenes. I think it's, I think season two is going to be great. Um, <laughs> are they going to do this? I have no idea, but overall, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, it's a. It's- it's a it's – a, it's, I gave it a six. I usually don't do out of ten ratings.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Um, because I think we, it takes away from a lot of the nuance. It takes away from a lot of the uh, discussion that we're about to have. But if I were to sum it all up, I'd give it about a 6.7 out of 10, a 67 out of 100, uh, and so on and so forth until you reach a billion. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow. Your 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 number has forced me to kind of recon- – Reconceptualize what I feel about it, you know. I'm oh, like, first of all, that's that's harsh. That's a D plus, basically, right? Is uh, so I dark. don't
2: believe I don't believe in number grading system. <laughs> okay, okay. Doctors okay. Google <laughs> things all the time. So do lawyers. Don't, don't yeah, the internet yeah. has made sure, the whole sure. letter grade system
1: unnecessary? All right, fair enough. Okay, I won't. I will not translate it to D plus. <laughs> Sorry,
2: your thoughts on your yeah, thoughts yeah. on this? Then
1: I thought it was pretty rough overall. I'm not gonna lie. Couple high points. Mm-hmm You know, I think the show has never lacked for craft, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, When it comes to the artistry, the production design of the show, um, when it comes to the cinematography, even just the lighting, you know, like, which is obviously very closely associated with cinematography. Yeah. Those things have always been strong in the show. Um, And this show, this episode continues to really deliver on those fronts. Often to a transcendently good degree. Like often, there's there's several scenes that are like, wow, that looks amazing. You know, like um, worth watching just to see how that looked. You know, but I think it's been pretty. It was a pretty rough episode um, because here's here's the most damning thing I can say about it is I felt almost nothing watching the episode, right? And I think there's many moments in the episode where you're supposed to feel something. Mm -hmm. Um, They clearly want you to feel something. And it's because I feel the storytelling this season has been so all over the place, has been so rushed, and also somehow spinning its wheels at the same time (laughs) that that I felt nothing. I'll I'll just give one really strong example. Hmm. There is another TV show, that shall remain nameless that had an old king die this week and it is possibly one of the most powerful television episodes certainly this year possibly ever uh it really was an incredible experience for me to watch it in this episode an old king die and it's like okay you know like there's there's nothing there's no build up to it at all there's no no like what are the stakes here? There's, you you, you don't feel like what's, what are the negative consequences from this at all? Um, it is just a textbook comparison of how you do a plot line like that. Well, versus poorly. Um, and that's just, that's just one of like several examples, but you know, and we, and we've already touched upon it, that the show has opted for surprise instead of building this kind of narrative, like emotional investment with these characters all season. Um, There have been bizarre, strange coincidences that have happened all season uh, and that have led to what has happened in this episode. And it's just kind of like, okay, like, I don't know why one thing led to another in a lot of what happened to this show. And we'll dive into some specific examples. But overall, I would say I I was very, very disappointed by the finale. Um, And I also just found in terms of its construction, I found it to be totally baffling as a finale episode should I do an episode six. For, for 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 the following reasons um we don't visit two of our major locations at all uh including my, you know yours and my favorite one i think right which yeah. is the, yeah. the, the arguably Durin, the strongest arguably the strongest, strongest the durandisa story it. not even in the finale at all so it's like oh okay that's a pacing um, issue yeah so those characters I know will be important in season two, right? And like is my guess based on what's happened. Um, and and uh, the Bronwyn Arendir storyline, I have a lot of questions about. Like, what 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 was the point of all that? What was the point of all that, Don? Because we probably could have gotten this whole season through with no Bronwyn and Arendir at all. Uh, you know, based on what has happened in this episode. Yeah. And so it's it's, it's weird. We spent so much time with those characters this season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. much time. It's weird the things that the, the show chose to spend time on and not spend time on in this episode. Uh, it, it really did feel like not a finale. It felt like, oh, next episode we're going to get to the resolution of the Durin-Bronwyn-Arendir stuff. In 18 to 24 months, which is whenever that episode's going to come out. So it's just like, it, it's just re- really odd from a, just a general finale, for a normal finale episode. It felt really odd to not at least check in with all the different different characters. Yep. Um, okay. Okay. Those are overall <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> it's going to be a fun episode. Yep. All right, Let's here we go. <laughs> Let's, <laughs> Let's do dive it. into it. Let's dive into it. Okay. So... The Harfoots. The Harfoots. I will say that one of the things this episode did give me is uh, a lot of fun imagining if Don was wrong and you would need to change his name to Don Marshall. So happy. So happy. I I was literally... I started watching the episode. I was literally about to text you (laughs) midway through the episode and be like, wow, Don, I guess you got that one wrong. Uh, and also, it made me super glad that we covered this topic at the beginning of the podcast last week, because if we hadn't done, it would have made me look pretty silly,
2: pretty silly. Okay. Can can I can <laughs> I uh, uh, just say something very yeah? Very go quickly. ahead. Go ahead number one again can only apologize for not bringing it up sooner but at the same time i didn't want to sully your appreciation mm. of Halbrand as a character or the stranger as a character uh-huh. just in case i was wrong mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but uh yeah, uh, you know, I, I would say, like, nine or ten of my actual theories have been dead on arrival, but every once in a while there's, like, you know that scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where the uh chief goes, VINDICATION! Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. felt that to a much lesser extent because it wasn't like a... Yay! It was more like a...
1: Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was there any moment in time, <laughs> even for a split second, when you thought that the stranger might be Sauron before in this episode, uh, in this episode no yeah no no, no okay. I, so yeah. so when these when these uh, three characters you you call them the dwellers they each they have a name right they, the, they each the have the nomad na- the ascetic yeah. and something the mystic else, right? I think the mystic the, the ascetic yeah. the nomad. they have like three different names in the closed captions um but these the dwellers, you call them the dwellers, the mystics, whatever, they approach the stranger. and They're like, you're Sauron. You need to go east to Rune uh, in order to learn the truth because a veil has been cast over your eyes to keep you from seeing the truth, mm-hmm. right? Was there any moment that you doubted the theory that Halbred is Sauron? <sighs> there was like a split
2: second but like now for the most part mm-hmm. I'm just like this feels like a red herring it felt too heavy handed on the nose is that the right <laughs> phrase to use here?
1: sure 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 yeah. I, I guess
2: um, but this kind of goes harkens back to my, my thought about what we were talking about earlier and epi- what we were talking about in episode 7 I, it would have been nice to know if he was you know, Gandalf from the beginning I think it would have been a, it would have accomplished a little bit more to see the journey he goes on rather than wonder about theories on twitter now it's been fun theorizing but mm-hmm. uh in this particular case i went
1: yeah he's gandalf well now i don't what? know that they i don't know they had that much of a journey this season that's what i'm saying is like yeah. they, maybe they they didn't have it there. i don't know that there was that much there there other than who he is right yeah. they they go on their trip and then they have this encounter and that's that's literally the whole story yeah. of, of the stranger this season yeah. so yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know that there's that much there to to, to go on um yeah. But, uh, but anyway, okay. So you weren't fooled at all. I, I I do think that this is a reveal that the show did set up. Like they did set pretty, it up pretty well. Yes. It's like yes. okay, it, it's very clear we're supposed to try to wonder who this guy is mm-hmm. to a significant mm-hmm. degree. To a lesser degree, Hal Brand. It's not like the show didn't see the show did see it in some things where you're like, who is this guy? As we yeah. discussed last week. Yeah. But it wasn't as strong. No, because no, no, Because no. Halbrand has a name. Halbrand has a name and he has an express purpose and, you know, like he is already a character. If if he turned out to be King of the South or whatever, it wouldn't have been a shock. Right? There's, that, there's, uh,
2: there's an alternate universe somewhere where instead of giving him the name Halbrand, they gave him the name of The Stranger.
1: <laughs> mm, mm, yeah, <laughs> and, perhaps, perhaps. Oh. Uh, anyway, so one of the three mystics like pretends to be Nori to like draw. Trick the Harfoots. To to, no, 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 to trick the stranger. Um, oh or, oh, I'm or, sorry. Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Very creepy I don't, I, I, I don't know why that was necessary because if he just they just showed up as themselves, wouldn't that have also the stranger also have been, wanted to know what that was? David, no anyway. thoughts, just vibes. Okay, yes, it's so true. Um, <laughs> so then the a big fight ensues where they're like, hey, we need you to come with us and reveal your truth as Sauron, and um, and then the Harfits come and they're like, no, you're actually good. You can choose and it's like can he like what what would have happened if he went with them <laughs> like would he have found out that he wasn't Sauron and that you know like what what are the stakes here don
2: do you know the stakes are not high and um, that's all i'll say <laughs> okay that's all i'll okay. say there i don't i don't know and because i don't know i'm less invested and uh, again I, I try and approach this again having met most of the actors and uh, approaching this from a, a positive standpoint, I very much want to look at the positive in this. But like looking at this through like a a writing perspective from a story arc perspective, there wasn't really much here. The fight scene was really cool. I loved the floating in midair and the rocks floating around him and the fire and the, the I thought that was well done.
1: Um, yeah, I, I will. I I think him saying I'm good is I would say one of the worst lines I've heard on a TV show this year to convey a specific idea. I, I, I thought it was very silly. Like it's kind of like, and I don't think it was intentionally silly. That's me personally. I, um, but I do think the effect of what happens when he's like I'm good and then he like blasts those mystics away and like you see their skeletons. And stuff. Yeah, that was a really cool like visual effect. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was reading Eric Kane's review of this episode on Forbes.com, and he's like uh the, the character says i'm good making me question everything i think i know about screenwriting good screenwriting <laughs> in hollywood <laughs> a character saying i'm good is just a very a very like inartful way of revealing that they're good you you want to know you want you um, know a
2: really you want you want to see me pull this one out of my uh, out of okay, my head okay
1: pull it pull it
2: <laughs> a king that has to say he is the king is no king
1: oh shit
2: yeah Bringing it back Dang. to Game of Thrones, hey
1: yeah, the, the true lines here. Um, I I think that there were ways to um, yeah, show more, don't tell, make us more invested in this, which is like, is it a it, it, by by bringing up the name Sauron, they're like depending on our knowledge of who Sauron is to like be like, ooh, that's evil guy, and then. It's like does he actually have a choice? Can he can he choose to be Sauron? I don't even know, right? We I don't will, think he can. We will get it we will get into that in a moment okay.
2: actually okay. when we go okay. when we do the when we do the other stuff. That that brings up an interesting point. I'm actually yeah, kind of glad you mentioned it. I hadn't thought about that. I don't
1: think that. he can because Sauron's like a, a one dude I think who S- takes many forms and Sauron, stuff. Like, yes, Sauron yeah. is
2: one dude who takes many forms, but whether or not he can choose to be uh who we know he is? Mm-hmm. is uh, potentially up for a little bit of debate. I won't go into that too much. Yeah, now. yeah, but, we'll but, but that's that's later.
1: whether Sauron can choose though. Like I, I that I, I can potentially get invested in, but the stranger is cle- like he's either Sauron or he's not. Oh, he yes, no. You, from you know from saying?
2: that kind of perspective, no. He the, the stranger can't choose to be if he's Sauron. Or so not. it's just that's... odd
1: that they set it up like, "Oh, you can choose to be good." And it's like well, he's either not, Sauron or he's not. Like, I don't, you can't choose to be Sauron or not, right? It so,
2: probably could have been phrased a little bit differently. I took it as a, you know, it doesn't matter if they say you're Sauron or that your powers are evil or that you are going to be a slave. It's more along the lines of, if you don't want to do that, it is your free will to be able to say, no, 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 I don't want that. I don't care what you say. I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yes, but the, the, it was the mystics the best. would
1: have gotten back to the land with, it would have gotten to ruin with the stranger and then been like, I've made a huge, tiny mistake, which would there be the is... second. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs>
2: there is the potential. Yes, they. I mean, they've made a lot of huge mistakes, uh, the, these these three. Um, yeah. But there is always the potential that like it's sort of like you are shaped by your the argument that you can be shaped by your environment if you don't know who you are, like the nature versus nurture. So like had the stranger never met the Harfoots maybe gandalf turns out to be evil and i i feel like that's kind of what they were implying like without
1: i, I just wish they hadn't used the name sauron I, I wish they had said like hey uh guess what you're like one of the evil great evil wizards of all time yeah,
2: uh, yeah. and you maybe-
1: can you can choose to come with us but then the harfoot's are like no you don't need to be an evil wizard and he's like yeah. i choose to be good like that's that's a cool th- but like the idea that he's sauron and he's it just literally makes it a mistaken identity it's not yeah, yeah. he has no actual um there's no actual journey for that character other than he's remembering who he was. You know, right. That's, and that's I, it. There's no choice in the matter, right? Exactly. So,
2: and I yeah. think the journey could have been a, a little bit more strongly represented had we gotten the, okay, we know he is Gandalf, and now it becomes a fight between the Harfoot's goodness and the Dwellers' totally. evil to totally. go back and forth. And yeah, and that, totally. arguably, yeah. would have been a, a little bit more of a, for me at least, a more compelling arc throughout the season. Let's see the mystics show up in episodes one, two and three and four. And each time, you know, there's this push and pull and maybe the heartlets right. win this yeah. episode with Poppy's song. And then the mystics win that episode. Like you see him go off with the mystics and then it's like, no, I'm I'm going to go get him. He can be turned. We've seen all of the good he's done, yeah. uh, but we've also seen the evil he's done. I feel like that probably would have been a bit more of a stronger uh, character arc for this relatively unknown character, even if we didn't know he was Gandalf from the beginning.
1: Yeah. So at every step of the way, the show runners and writers have chosen surprise rather mm-hmm. than um developing a longer, more detailed, more nuanced, or satisfying story. Which leads w- me, one example. Go
2: yeah, ahead. Which Yeah, which leads me to believe that I think it's, it's really hard to look and again, I'm kind of doing like a season overview, but this yeah. is sort of where we're at. It leads me to think that they were going for They're certainly going for 50 hours of storytelling instead of a one-season character arc where we pick up again next time and they're the same, but they've gone through this sort of point in the story. So it definitely feels like they're going for 50 hours of television. It also leads me to believe that they're kind of going for more of a community driven discussion on the who's who, the mm-hmm. Twitter the Twitter yeah. topics, the Reddit threads, the
1: the, the think, Don Marshall live casts, you know, listen,
2: like I, I honestly though, I didn't really <laughs> engage too much on TikTok for this exact reason because mm-hmm. I didn't make each episode as a review, because I kind of wanted to look at the whole season and yeah. judge it on its yeah. merits. And now that we're at that end, I'm going to be making a whole bunch of content about what I thought about it. But the whole episode by episode discussion, the the threads, the Twitter thoughts, you know, that's one way to do it. But I don't think this specific show and the style that Tolkien has lends itself to that kind mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, sure breaking bad absolutely i am mentioning you know really you know really popular shows, but you right. can make the argument that it could be done for a lot of other t v but yep.
1: yeah, yeah yeah i
2: think I think they need to I- to move a little bit faster
1: Here, here's here's something that's helped me to process this show is. You know, every episode, uh, Don writes these like very lovely show notes, and we talk. We talk about like the plot of the show, and I think if you um, take each plot development in this episode and then add the phrase in front of it, wouldn't it be cool if? And then <laughs> that's imagine, our bonus episode. We'll do and, another and, bonus episode for that. And imagine if like someone in the writers' room said that. It explains a lot about what we see in the show wouldn't it be cool if like the balrog just appeared all of a sudden uh like this leaf woke him up a lot of debate about whether the leaf actually woke him up i i am in team did not wake him up yeah it's it's he's just there chilling he's just there chilling i mean i mean don everything in the show like it's complete darkness there's nothing going on i guess he's just sleeping anyway um it's not like you it's not like it dropped into an already flaming thing where he's like really angry already it dropped he, it's complete darkness and then all of a sudden it appears as though he's woken up so it's like yes maybe you're right that that's not what the show intended to convey but it's like wouldn't it be cool if it was complete darkness and all of a sudden the barrel comes wouldn't it be cool if um these mystics say he, this guy's sauron but he's actually not sauron it actually turns out to be gandalf um i think in my uh You know, when I was talking, I I recap Andor on Decoding TV with my colleague Patrick Willems, and he says that it feels like a lot of uh, latest Star Wars series have been like people mashing action figures together, like taking these action figures and be like, yes, wouldn't that be, yes, wouldn't that be cool if that, you know, it's kind of what I feel about. A lot of this – not all, not all of the show, but, like, a lot of this show feels like – wouldn't it be cool if this happened, you know, and yeah. without uh, regard to the other components yeah. of the story? Okay. We've harped on this long <laughs> enough. I apologize. Thank you for hearing me out. Um, okay. They do say he's not Sauron. He's the other, the Istari, the, which is which we later learn means wizard, right? Yes. So. That
2: is that is a book thing that I'm glad they used. Um that uh, I, I may also lead to some people not realizing that uh, the stranger is Gandalf, because there are four other Istari, uh, but there's a very on-the-nose uh, phrase that is used that only works if you've seen the movies, and I appreciate them trying to pay ho- homage to the movies. Um, uh, but wouldn't it have been cool if they did something else?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, Uh, well, hey, for all my complaints that the show didn't kill anyone off last week, they killed the writers. Heard me. The writers heard me. They're like, okay, we're gonna off Sadek, so Sadek dies, you know, in this fight, Mm -hmm. Um, and then he's like, (laughs) and then he says, "Let me watch the sunrise at least," and then the sunrise then appears like three seconds afterwards, which kind of feels like the approach that this show takes in general of like. All right. Yeah, sure. That That's a thing that is going to happen immediately. Yeah. No thoughts, um, just vibes. No thoughts. I mean, just I- vibes. if you think about it, Don, all of the events of this show, including the forging of the Three Rings of the Elves, happens in what appears to be the course of approximately three to four weeks. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I, my guess is it took a little bit longer in the books. <laughs> um, but, you know,
2: I, I yeah. can't even speak to that because, again, a lot of this is filling in the blanks. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. It is a visual representation, and, uh...
1: There is, uh, there are approximately, I think around, like, 17 scenes of Nori saying <laughs> goodbye to, uh, the Harfoots. Uh, her family decides, hey, you gotta go off to be with the stranger. I, you know...
2: I question this uh, choice so much. Well,
1: it's, it's more just, like, I don't have a problem with it in concept, but it's, it's like... The question I asked, I had, I had a debate in – I have a Slack group for um, uh, one of my podcasts, the Filmcast, and we had a little bit of a discussion of, <laughs> of uh, why, why did this happen? this way? Why, why this moment the family is like, hey, you got to go off to be with a stranger. Did the stranger say, I need help? Do, does Nori's family know that the stranger needs help? Um, why, why is it they've chosen this moment to say, Nori, you're out of the family. Go off and be with a <laughs> stranger? You know, there's no. It doesn't feel character motivated to me. It, yes, I understand that they they believe that like she should be off and on her own anyway. Like, like that's a nice arc for them to come to that conclusion. I don't think the work was put into that arc all season. Yeah, they didn't earn that one. I don't right, but so one. it just feels very sudden. Like, I have nothing. There's nothing wrong with the idea of it. Um, of them like realizing, oh, she, Nori should be off on her own and having adventures. You know, that's a, that's a fine thing for them to decide, but just like, why did it happen this episode? And, and so it's just another thing. It's like, okay, that's a thing that happened, you know, I guess. Uh, I will say it's very exciting that Norian. The stranger, aka Gandalf, are going off alone. That's, that's like, yeah. there's
2: some that, cool adventures that could be I, I set think up. that has, that's, and that's the thing that I, that I mean when I say this yep. show has potential. They've yep. set things up because uh, having watched the, the whole season now, it kind of felt like a prologue to <laughs> what's actually supposed to be happening. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, and again, there's a part of me that really hopes that that is true and it's like, okay, now we're getting to the good stuff. It's like, I, I really hope that I can look back on this and say, look, I liked it. If you can get through season one, the rest of it is great. Um, just get, th- it, it, and I, I, hate that that's, that's kind of my mentality as like, no, it's not a recommendation right now because obviously we don't have the other seasons, but I'm very much hoping that the adventure we see Nori and the stranger on becomes uh, a, a plot point. We're going to get to explore places we've never seen before. Like Rune, we might see some of the Easterlings and their culture. And we may see some of the blue, might have stopped myself. Might be a, okay. Might be a spoiler. Uh All right. Yeah,
1: yeah. We'll. we'll, we'll... But you're excited. You're excited at the potential of that storyline. Yes, I'm yeah. excited
2: at the potential, and I desperately want Poppy to follow them because mm-hmm. she doesn't have anybody else, and everyone there yeah. is. <laughs> There's kind There's this of...
1: huge emotional goodbye between Nori and Poppy, and it's like,
2: Poppy, why don't you just go with? Go, yeah. Like, no, I. I, just I... Go. <laughs> I really want the writers to listen to this note specifically. There's a very easy fix where you just
1: find poppy. Cut to Fla- cut to the three of them hanging out together, yeah. and she, and and Nori's like, "Boy, I sure am glad you decided to join us at the end." It's like, yeah. okay, "Hey, it's yeah. no more messy than anything else they've done this season." Yeah. So,
2: or or um, just make a previously <laughs> on that was like, "Here's what's happened since season one." <laughs>
1: telegraph it for us please we were
2: talking about that last week too
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh. so yeah uh, uh and i think at this point it is confirmed that that the stranger is Gandalf, correct? Yes, yes.
2: There is a line that he says that he... That Se- Gandalf, several lines. Several, several lines, lines as as yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm good is not one of them that indicates he is oh, Gandalf. Oh, it's not? Oh, I thought... No, no Do you no, remember no, the big
1: no. moment from Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings where he's like, I'm good? Where Ian McKellen's like, I'm good? Anyway, yeah, um, there are several lines that were said. Um, what, hit us with some of them, Don Marshall. Hit us with some of the lines that prove that the stranger is Gandalf. Okay. Uh, one... He is not
2: Sauron. He is the other, the Astari. There are only now five possible characters that he could be. Mm -hmm. Then the stranger says always uh, something along the lines of uh, follow your nose. And that is a line that Gandalf says to the uh, Hobbit Mary uh, in the Fellowship of the Ring movie when Gandalf goes, oh, it's that way. And Mary goes, he's remembered. It's like, no, but the smell is not so bad down this way. Remember, something, something, always follow your nose. And I am taking my context clues that this show, as heavy-handed as it might be, is not stupid enough to throw us another surprise he's actually Saruman (laughs) thing or surprise he's actually Radagast thing. Or he's a blue wizard uh, to make him anyone other than Gandalf. If they do that, I will stop watching the show. What? Hard. You heard it here. I feel strongly about this. I will stop watching the show because at that point, it's gone so off the rails that I don't think I can continue with it.
1: Some would argue it has already gone off the rails with Gandalf being uh, in the second age, right? Like, isn't he?
2: Yes. Some would argue that. Here's why I don't care. Um, Gandalf comes over to Middle-earth on a boat. Uh That's it. And it's super boring. In the same way that, like, Galadriel spends most of the Second Age hanging out in a forest. Mm -hmm, That's super boring. The question will, if they continue the way they are going to continue, the question will become, hey, do you like this fan fiction, uh, fill-in-the-blank history that the show is writing? And yeah. if you do like it, amazing. I like parts of it. Yeah. yeah. If you don't, don't watch the show. And mm-hmm. that's that's kind of where I'm at at this point. Because yeah. there are parts of this show I absolutely love. And if we can continue producing those parts that I think are the strongest, <laughs> most potential good parts of the show, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. If they don't learn from their mistakes in the first season, uh, I think it is going to be a long...
1: it's gonna be a long 50 episodes if they get to that point
2: if they get to that Um, point and and you you made the uh interesting point i think a couple episodes back where there's a chance we don't get all 50 if it is not as well received enough i don't think we've we've uh warranted a cancellation by any means i think there is still quite a lot of potential for this show
1: yeah I, i mean okay well first of all to tie off on the gandalf point he also says in the lord of the rings movies he says go back to the shadow and in this episode he says from shadow you came from shadow you shall return or something like that oh um so i totally totally missed that look at look at me dropping all these lord of the rings bombs on you um these pearls of of wisdom uh (laughs) so anyway yes it seems he is gandalf the word gandalf is not spoken the entire show um but it seems like he is gandalf and that's what the show is indicating uh in terms of whether there'll be another season I only dare speculate. I have no... Oh, no, there will be.
2: They've started No, 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 yeah, two. yeah.
1: Sorry, 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 sorry. Yeah, it, sorry. In terms of whether they'll make it to five seasons. Oh, I, oh, I, oh. I, I can only dare speculate. I will say that um, this show has is the most expensive television show in history. And it needs extremely high quote-unquote ratings, according mm-hmm. to streamers, in order to justify that expenditure. Um, they've already greenlit season two. They're already making season two. That is a sure thing. But if but but i think that what a show like this needs needs to do needs to do to survive for five seasons is it needs to impress entertain delight people like don marshall who are <laughs> super super steeped in the books right but it also needs to bring in people from outside of that circle right? 100% agree it needs to bring in the general audience yes and if it cannot do that if the storytelling is so impenetrable or baffling such that it cannot do that, then challenging decisions will need to be made by the people who are making the show. I um, agree. Which is like, should we continue season three, four or five? Should we continue them but at a much reduced budget? As an example, you know, that's another mm-hmm. thing that could happen mm-hmm. um, if the show's not getting the kind of ratings that they need to survive.
2: So uh, may I make a know. counterpoint to that though? And because Go. you, you yeah. said something that, that being a, being a Tolkien lore person that I am, um, I hesitate to use the word expert at any and all points for myself. But I have spoken with quite a number of people who are lore experts uh, who don't like the show, but a, a lot of general audience members who do like the show. So I, yeah, while I think there are nods to uh, like, hey – Mr. Lore, expert, did you see that we used the word Astari. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. I appreciated that. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think I am the target audience for this show, nor should I be. Mm-hmm. I think that the question that I think the, the the showrunners, the the writers, the the everybody involved, kind of needs to, and I'm sure they've already done this, right? I'm just sort of reiterating for our audience. I think they need to look at um, who enjoyed the show. And where things maybe fell a little bit short and improve upon them. And it really, I think, is that simple. Now, are the solutions, um, simple? Some are, <laughs> some are not. Yeah, and I yeah. think those are the difficult decisions that you were talking about that need to be made.
1: I, I think my broader, you know, my broader point is that, like, it, it just needs to appeal to a very wide audience. That's yes. kind of what I was saying. And, yes. uh, time will tell whether it has done that, but, Certainly, I would say from, you know, we, we all live in our individual spheres of like who's talking to us about what. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, from what I hear, like, it's quite mixed out there. There's people yes, who, I, I who think love the yeah. show, and there's other people who are like, I don't you know, I, I feel it's quite mixed um, compared to other shows that I feel mm-hmm. like are mm-hmm. more. I would say House of the Dragon, the uniformity of praise I hear for that show is much higher. I would fair, say. fair. Same, same, same. But the, the, the other thing is, that's not enough. Here, here's another example. Andor. A show I love. Uh, I don't know that many people are watching the show. Everything I've read about the show is very positive, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know that that many people are watching. I don't know if it's capturing the zeitgeist. Right. So you can be extremely good and not capture the zeitgeist. Um, you can not capture the zeitgeist, or you can capture the zeitgeist and not be very good. Ideally, this show is both, right? Um, yes. And I, I don't know if it will hit that. We'll see. We'll see. I don't think
2: we've hit it yet. I think it, but pot- has the potential to do so. Um, also, we completely forgot to mention that Saddock dies. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, no, I sorry. talked about
1: I... The, him watching the sunset, sunrise. Oh, and... okay. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We spent so little time on it. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry.
2: Listen, it's been a very long eight weeks, folks. I yeah. can only apologize.
1: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Okay, so uh, shall we move on to the Eregion yes, yes. plotline? Okay. Eregion. Yes. Uh, Elrond and Calabrimbor discuss that they're running out of time from the evil that's spreading all over the land. Uh all of a sudden, Galadriel arrives. Halbrand is in terrible shape. Uh, we learn there's a there's some debate about wait how long did it take them to get from um, Numenor to yeah. the Southlands? To be fair, they weren't making the same trip. They're going from the Southlands to Eregion, right? Yes. So she says they rode six days without rest. So. That's roughly how long it takes to get from one place to the other.
2: David, I do feel I I didn't include this in the show notes, and I apologize. I should have. I do feel the need to uh, defend myself slightly from not doing some work. Uh, I went viral about six months ago. um, Actually, longer than that. I went viral back in 2021 about when I calculated uh, exactly how long Frodo and Sam traveled from the Shire to Middle Earth Mm -hmm. in exact miles. Wow. um, As close as I can. And a part of me was like, oh, my God. I should one hundred percent figure out how long, uh, how many miles it takes, because I have all of that math in a in a Google Doc. I can just trace the path. And there was a part of me that went, "I don't want to do that," and I didn't. And uh, call it laziness, but uh, six days, yeah, sure, seems about right, I guess, on horseback. Fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. That's it. That's all. That's all <laughs> I wanted to say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. They show up at Aragion, uh, El- Elrond is there, and Galadriel and Elrond reunite, and I was like, oh yeah, I remember, they uh, hung out in the first couple episodes, that was kind of nice to see, uh, yeah. so, anyway, uh, they need to repair Halbrand, there's kind of this cool scene where they get Halbrand into like this hospital bed, and there are these people around him, g- healing him with elvish medicine and stuff yep. like that, I like yep, that. Yep, yep, yep. Um, then in the next scene, Halbrand is completely fine. <laughs> Uh, um, and he's talking with Celebrimbor, right? Yeah. So he, there were some choices there.
2: Give him a limp. Make him clutch his <laughs> side. Have him start bleeding a little bit more. It's like, I guess I'm not completely ready yet. Sorry. Got it back to bed. Sorry, yeah.
1: Celebrimbor. It's kind of like, I, I don't know. It just feels like we're, the show's not giving us a good sense of time. Like, um, you know, two episodes ago, uh, what's his name? Uh, the stranger could barely speak the common tongue, right? And then now he's, like, completely fluent in this episode. I take uh, that
2: as, like, the veil being removed from his... Oh, fair. ...from his mind, but, like, yeah, no, I, I see that.
1: Fair. I see that. Anyway, this, okay. I, I retract that nit, <laughs> uh, that nitpick. Um, <laughs> so Halbrand meets Cal Brimbor, and Cal Brimbor's like... He, he seems to know who Cal Brimbor is. Cal Brimbor is like, a legend, right? He's, he's pretty famous, yeah, yeah. That That's fair. That's fair. And Cal Brimbor's like, man, I really wish I... I <laughs> This, oh, god. oh god this part was hilarious like the entire episode like them trying not to say ring in the entire oh, episode oh god you right yeah. where, where Kelbrim was like if only there was a way to make more with less you know and all oh, this us like this is this is very silly i think and and you know what should we make it into a sword a scepter perhaps something round something round that fits on someone like a like, Darling, fetch of... my
2: thesaurus. I need to find. <laughs> I need to find some synonyms.
1: What's a round object that can fit? It was. It was like. I mean, I didn't. I didn't mind it, honestly. Oh, like, no, I thought it was a little silly, but it's like kind of. It was. It. It did feel like potentially, like intentionally winking at the audience about it. One of those so, "Give
2: me the meat and give it to me raw" moments.
1: Exactly. Y- you exactly. remember? So I, was like, I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of funny. But anyway, um, uh, Halbrand who, as far as anyone in the show knows, is some random guy in a life raft, uh, <laughs> is able to crack the whole thing wide open. Cal Brimboar's like, I don't know how to solve this problem. And Halbrin is like, have you tried combining elements together? And Cal Brimboar's like, holy jeez, I never would have thought of it." Cal Brimboar, of course, one of the greatest <laughs> alchemists of all time, is like, holy crap, oh, oh. my god, this is freaking brilliant. I- so. <laughs>
2: anyway i want to um, preface my thoughts on this real quick by saying yeah. i've met charles edwards i've met charlie <laughs> Vicker, they're both great guys yes. i think they did a phenomenal job acting agreed. the crap out of this scene agreed because there was a moment that i was like oh, okay i'm right i'm right about hal brand um but there needed there needed to be a moment where he goes there is a method of forging in the Southlands where we have this technique. Right. Let me right. show you.
1: Yes. Some, something. And we didn't
2: get that. <laughs> and I'm just sitting so, here. Like.
1: <laughs> For those so, listening on the podcast, I'm
2: falling in my chair
1: in frustration. Yeah. So, something that's not just like, hey, did you think about combining these things? You know, like something that's, that's more than just that. Because otherwise it makes Cal Brimbor look like a dope. You know, it's like He did.
2: He yeah. did. They 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 wrote him a little a little a little differently than uh yeah. they they probably uh should have. And that I say that knowing that they have completely uh, you know, um not rewritten, but they have taken Galadriel's character and changed it significantly. I never got the sense that Celebrimbor was not a Master Craftsman. That was established right. by Elrond in episode two. I wanted to see how good he was. Yeah. And yeah. um it's one of those show don't Tell things where they sh- told us that he's a great uh you know master craftsman. We didn't really see that, and it wasn't backed up by the by the
1: dialogue which yep. you know uh, well he 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 comes up with this thing of like he, they want to create a power not of the flesh but over flesh, which I was at the time I was like, no, they're not really just saying literally on top of flesh, are they but I think they are I think they're just saying they oh, want it to be. O- on top of flesh? Is that what Oh, kind of- no. No, no, no. Okay, okay, the, the,
2: okay. A power over flesh, over the unseen world, that is directly, like, almost word oh, okay. for word what Adar said to Galadriel. I see. So, I see. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, a got, power got. to over-meaning control of.
1: Okay, good, good. Not... Okay, good. I, I accept that explanation. Not <laughs> physically not physically over. It. Okay, good.
2: Listen, this show is on the nose,
1: but not that yeah. egregious. All right, thing. fair enough. Fair enough. So, but then they, 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 they debate, like, what form should it take? And a scepter, a sword, a crown, da da, da, da. Maybe something smaller than that. Perhaps. Small rocks, churches, so, uh, a duck. No, okay. <laughs> that's a, something yes. smaller, like a float.
2: No. Well, sorry, that's a Monty
1: Python. I got better. I got better. Yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, uh, the, Gilgalad's like, this is madness. We can't do any of this. And Elrond's like, look, give me three. I thought he said three weeks. It's three months? He said three I months. Right? I think it's three months. Listen, okay. the pace is a very short period of time. Be, it doesn't matter. doesn't a matter. Very, a very short sure period of time. A very short sure period of time. Um, to be so fair, Gil- three
2: weeks to elves is like a, a long weekend. No,
1: it's like yeah, nothing. right, right, right. Gilgalad agrees to give the elves uh, some time to build this crown out of mithril basically right mm-hmm. by uh, alloying it to other materials that they have access to
2: I don't even so. know if that's the right word to use but sure carry on mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Uh, and around this time, Galadriel asks the elf scholar for records of the kings of the Southlands, because he has some doubts about whether Halbrand is really the king of the South, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's it's almost yeah. as if her character arc of realizing she shouldn't be jumping to conclusions is coming full circle! Yes! Finally! Yes, All right. Finally.
1: Okay, well, before we get to the dream sequence, uh, anything else to say about this kind of lead-up to the formation of the rings
2: yeah this this part of the of the show i actually thought had uh some some potential it's one of those parts that i think oh cool this is this is this is good there's a couple of things that are on the nose and yeah we don't need 17 different words for round objects but uh the 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 (laughs) way they're sort of handling it because you know i I wasn't a a, a huge uh i wasn't a huge fan of of a lot of the, the stuff that the elves specifically did, the, the Gilgalod and the Celebrimbor stuff, but I thought this was handled okay. I think they need to make a couple of changes to Celebrimbor's character, because there's some conflicting show versus tell things that we've seen. Um, but I would love to see more elven interaction and sort of where the creation of these uh, rings lead to, um, because – uh, there's some spoilers, obviously.
1: That yeah, ha- I have to, spoiler but... questions to ask you at the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get so, into that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yes. Before we move on... <laughs> to the dream sequence. Yeah. Uh, Don, if people are enjoying our conversations, they want to hear Don Marshall talk more about Tolkien's work throughout the rest of the year. Where can they find more of your work? If you would
2: like to spend the next two years desperately hoping that <laughs> season two is good... You can find me at Don Marshall 72 (laughs) on TikTok. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitch. I live stream. We do watch parties for this show. I might do an eight-hour marathon with a friend of mine that's never seen the movies, so he's going to watch this first, and I'll be very curious to see what he thinks, both having never seen the movies and binging it instead mm-hmm. of watching it week by week, because I think that's a, a, a an interesting aspect to the show that might make it a little bit better. But we'll see. So join me on – oh, God, I forget what I already said uh, – TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Patreon, um, and uh, wherever books are sold.
1: Yeah. At Don Marshall 72, I would really – uh, I, I strongly doubt this will be the last D-Chen Don Marshall collaboration. Oh, no, no. Uh, but I'm not we'll see. going away just we'll yet. See how, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you uh, fire me, because I do no, something. No, 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 no. I, I really love working with Don. So we'll we'll figure out a way to work together again. But I've really enjoyed working with Don. And if you've enjoyed listening to him, I hope you'll follow him on all his other stuff, because uh, obviously he's a delight. So Thank you. Um, and yeah, just a quick shout out for uh, Decoding TV. We're obviously still covering... Uh, House of the Dragon, Andor, we'll be covering through November. Uh, we just concluded our coverage of She-Hulk this week. And there's going to be more oh, shows on the how way. about that?
2: Sorry, we're off. Yes. To, we're off lot. Yes. I loved that She-Hulk. Okay, knowledge. good. I that was well, then don't listen to
1: our episode about it. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so find all that coverage at podcast.decodingtv.com. And thanks to all the paid members at decodingtv.com who make this work possible. hmm Alright, Don, let's get to the dream sequence. I thought this was actually like from a from a craft perspective, this is really, really well done. Like Oh, brilliant. brilliant there's a, brilliant. so Galadriel confronts uh Halbrand. Like Halbrand comes in, he's so excited. He's like, Guess what? We figured out a way to make the rings. And Galadriel's like, There is no king of the Southlands, and she takes out this scroll that's like, the lineage of Southlands people died out long ago or whatever, right? And um and then Halbrand's like you know I've been around for a lot longer than uh, than you think I have and- that
2: was that was one of the parts that made me think okay the, the, there's a couple of lines in here that I'm like that's it that's the Tolkien part and mm-hmm. it was what was it? I wrote it down I have been awake since before the breaking of the first silence and in that time I have had many names mm. that was great I loved that I cheered during line. that part it's a great line it's a good
1: line delivered well
2: yeah 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 I, I have props to Charlie Vickers for, for this portion because I I know there was there was a the whole question of like is he isn't he? Um, I was right, he is. <laughs> but uh, I thought he did a great job. I thought he did a great job for that.
1: Let's talk about how awesome this scene is, and then I will say some things about it that are not awesome. But let's talk, yeah. let's start with a the compliment. Awesome
2: stuff. Yeah, I, a compliment sandwich.
1: Yeah. I, I, first of all, I thought it was like he kind of she tries to like stab him like right there. You know, she's right there, right yep. from the jump. She yep. tries to like kill him right there. And then he knocks her out of this reality into, like, <laughs> into a shadow mind world, her mind palace or whatever. And that's like a real – it was a really cool – like, oh, my gosh, he's so powerful. He was able to, like, knock her out of this reality back into a flashback. Yeah. Um, and – you see, she's back home, you know, where she, we saw in the opening scenes and she meets Finrod, although it's not really Finrod. It's probably Sauron speaking as Finrod, yeah, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's disorienting. You're like, what, what's happening? And, and you get the sense that, of course, she would want to see Finrod, the person that she's been doing terrible things for this whole season on behalf of. Um, terrible. Debatable, but carry on. Sorry. She literally saved Halbrand from death. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't
2: realize that that was a terrible action in the moment. I know the outcome wasn't great. The intention was fine. And, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, hopefully, mm -hmm. hopefully, after getting canceled, she will learn from her mistakes.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed. So, anyway. It's called character growth, David. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, Finrod whispers into Gladwell's ear, touch the darkness once more, which... Is actually Sauron saying, "Hey, come touch this darkness." You know, that's kind of what he's inviting Not, to not a euf- not a euphemism. I mm-hmm. saw a couple mm-hmm. of people that were like, "Oh, they're getting sexual." I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. no. I, I, that would have been so interesting, though. I, I, ha- I do have to say, I think that would have been pretty, like, because it was kind of like this almost romantic. Kind of feeling between them, uh, yeah, two episodes ago, right?
2: I, I, I didn't quite read into it as a romance, but looking yeah. back on it now, I think that's kind of what they were hinting at. But it felt very one sided in that Halbrand was like, Hey girl, thanks, appreciate you, and Galadriel was like, I'm married. <laughs> we didn't learn that's that till episode
1: seven, yeah, we did. Like, you know, <laughs> so they're back on the raft where they first met, yep. you know, and uh. Halbrand. Halbrand then proceeds to explain everything about the show, like what happened. Yes, um, Morgoth was defeated, and then he. You know what. Don, can you explain? Yeah, yeah. How and how Bran came to be in this situation?
2: So, so here's what I will say and I mentioned this before that I was going to get into the sort of could Sauron could you choose to be good and evil when it came to the stranger. And I, I misunderstood the question, but at the time I was sort of I was sort of thinking you were asking could Sauron choose to be good or not. Right. Right. And the answer is yeah. Um, so this is a little bit of obscure Lord of the Rings fact, not a spoiler um, for anything, just some, some yeah. background information. Sauron, as well as Gandalf, the rest of the wizards, the Balrogs—they're a—they're uh, a, a, a creation of the god in Tolkien's universe. The god is named Eru, and these spirits are called uh, Maiar. Or Maya, excuse me. Um one is singular, one is plural. I don't remember off the top of my head which is which, but uh these Maya were basically shape-shifting spirits. So like Gandalf wasn't always an old man. Um Sauron wasn't always an old man, the Balrog didn't always look like that. They were spirits. And in being spirits, they can change form. And Sauron takes that form change. Um, A bit. There's a part in the first stage where he transforms into a vampire bat. There's a part where he turns into like a werewolf wolf being. So the idea of Sauron sort of being able to change who he is is a consistent theme. And there is a line in the Silmarillion, which is the book that sort of explains the backstory that when the first stage was over, and Sauron was basically on the losing side, I found the exact quote. Do you mind if I read it? Please go ahead. Okay, when Sauron's Master Morgoth is defeated, there are hints that perhaps Sauron could actually feel that remorse. And it says, Sauron put on his fair hue again, fair in this case, meaning uh, gentle or, or pleasant to look at. Um, he abjured which means renounce, I had to Google that, he abjured all his evil deeds, and some hold that this was not at first falsely done, but that Sauron, in truth, repented, if only out of fear, being dismayed by the fall of Morgoth and the great wrath of the lords of the West, the lords of the West being the Valar. So it is not out of the realm of possibility that, yeah, Sauron did actually feel bad about what he did Even if it was coming from a place of, I don't want to be thrown into the same jail that my master is. So could it be that Halbrand did feel remorse initially? Yes. Does he now and going forward? No. No, I don't think so. Mm -hmm.
1: So... Uh, that's all useful information, Don. But I think just uh, to kind of clarify a little more, Morgoth was defeated. Sauron is kind of in this period, I guess, where he's trying to figure out what's next for him. He's in this transitionary period where he's between jobs. Yeah, and he's trying to figure exactly, out. He's exactly. trying to figure out what's next for me, right? And uh, and he's like, I'm gonna. Rip, uh, you know, one of the problems of the season, in my opinion, is that like. We don't. We have no access to what Halbrand's actual plan is. Um, no. He. I, I went back actually before we recorded this, and I rewatched all of his scenes with Galadriel in Whoa. the first part of this this uh, season. And all that happens in those scenes is Galadriel saying, "Let's go to the Southlands," and him saying, "No, please, leave me out of it." That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what Sauron actually wants to accomplish, and that's the problem. Is that. Yes, Sauron proposed, like, hey, come be my queen. Really well done. There's this amazing shot that everyone loves, including you in the show notes, of, like, they're standing on the raft, and the camera kind of does this twisty thing, and you you see the reflection, and it's that iconic sort of Sauron silhouette that we all know from the show and from Lord of the Rings, and he's standing next to Galadriel, and it looks super cool. It's like a great, great shot. Amazingly done. Amazingly done. So, again, all the stuff with this dream sequence— uh love the artistry behind it also awesome. I, I was thinking about it from a production perspective i was like they probably had to film this scene at the same time as they filmed the opening scene of the series so like yep. there was some planning that went into it of like hey like th- you know two critical scenes with finrod happen under this tree and like we need to get them both done now so yep. um so i liked all that part about it i think the problem is we don't really know what sauron was thinking this whole season and so when he makes the offer of, like, come be with me, like, we have no, you yeah, know, I, I don't know. Like, the whole season he has been trying to not be evil again, I guess? You know, like... No, I, I don't
2: think he's trying to not be evil. I think there, I think, I read it as this. I think the showrunners were trying to imply that at a certain point he was trying to be good. And he, Salron believes yeah. that what he is doing is good right most bad guys think that what, what is he
1: good. doing though is he's he, trying he's trying is he to infect, basic... is he the one that's infecting the trees in the elven lands like is it you know like that's what i'm saying is like, i don't i don't know what he's what is his plan right now he like, wants that's to, very, he wants yeah. to
2: ensure peace through slavery Basically, mm-hmm. and subjugation, and mm-hmm. uh, be a, a ruler, and and you get a little bit more of this, and this is kind of where I think they lost non-book readers, um, and and even non-movie watchers, if if there are any out there, in that, Sauron just wants to be in charge. The mm-hmm. world would be right because because we've all we've all yeah. seen that you know wouldn't the world be so much better if I were in charge? And in this case, Sauron goes, yeah. I 100% should be in charge. Look at the world. Morgoth's gone. It sucks. I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do it by uniting everybody. And those that disagree with me can get out. And unfortunately, the get out involves a huge war. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. surprise, Morgoth's gone. There's a big battle. Uh,
1: Yeah. Again, I'll just say this one last time, which is that, like, I think taking the character from I'm the king of the south to what you just said in the course of one episode is a lot, you know, like yeah,
2: it almost reminds me of a certain person that was a rightful ruler of a land. And they kind of rushed the ending of making her, I mean, excuse me. I don't want to Daenerys. Sorry. <laughs> I
1: was making a game of Thrones reference and I
2: lost I the thread. Mean, halfway
1: I mean, through. you say, you say that, but there's a lot of, I get a lot of game of Thrones season eight vibes from the show. Uh, and this show is in season one right now. So uh, Which but,
2: could potentially be a good thing, because then they can actually learn from their mistakes
1: instead <laughs> of ending on... Dawn's like, they're going to get it all out of their system. That's how it works. That's I'm grasping it works.
2: at straws as it is, my friend. Let me have
1: this. <laughs> there is a... I, I like the idea... Like It's a cool idea of Galadriel like, putting this guy in charge of everything... And then, like, he, he, I, went, again, I went back and rewatched the scenes, and he's like, hey, please don't put me in charge of this. And mm-hmm. he basically says it to her, like, eight different times. Mm-hmm. She's like, mm-hmm. let's go. We're going to take the Southlands. And he's like, I don't want no part of this. And then she's like, let's go. We're going to go to the Southlands. And he's, like, he's like, please, I'm begging you, don't do this. And then she's like, let's go. We're going to go do it. And then, you know, they go do it. And, yeah. uh, and, and it, it, you know, what is clear, by the way, is that Adar says he killed Sauron Obviously he didn't kill Sauron. He thought he killed Sauron. But in the earlier scenes, um, Halbrand does say like I like orcs drove me away. He was telling the truth. It was, oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Were, they were Adar's orcs though, right? Like not and he was driven from his homeland. So like presumably like Adar is basically kind of like a mutinous um faction within yeah. like Sauron's kind of um People, basically. yeah. One um,
2: of one of Sauron's, um, one of Saur. Well, I okay. So actually, it's it's interesting you bring that up. I don't think Adar and Sauron are on the same side anymore.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, okay, I cool. I, cool, cool, cool. I, yeah. I believe that's true. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so at, at the at the at the very least, Adar is a um an enemy of Sauron who like, or is a competitor to Sauron. That's kind yes. of how I imagine. Yes. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, but it all reminds me of, uh, this article from The Onion in 2002. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, years ago. Y- y- here's the headline of this article from The Onion. 18-year-old miraculously finds soulmate in hometown. <laughs> and, uh, this is from Peshtigo, Wisconsin. In a miracle that defies statistical probability, Corey Muntner, 18, reported Monday that he found his soulmate, Tammy Gasca, right in his very own hometown of Peshtigo. They say God puts one special person on this planet who is your (laughs) one true love, says Muttner, who has left Marinette County twice in his life, both times for marching band competitions. It's incredible, but I somehow found mine right here in this town I've always lived. If that's (laughs) not fate, I don't know what is, end quote. Why did I think of this article, Don Marshall? (laughs) 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 It's It's because if you think of, like, Galadriel's story, right?
2: Yeah, she's heading
1: to valinor yep. things are going great right and then she's like oh my gosh a meteor a sign of danger who's actually basically a sign of what she didn't know was he's actually good she should have done <laughs> that you know uh but I she's don't like think okay
2: ladriel expected the person to
1: be in the meteor i'll, I'll be honest <laughs> it's like a sign of danger I'm, I'm getting off this ship so she literally jumps off finds this guy on this raft in the middle of effing nowhere and then it's like, oh my gosh, it's the king of the, south. It coincidentally, it happens to be the king of the south. Let's put some armies behind this guy. It's basically like that big of a, Hey, your soulmate happens to be in your hometown. Same thing of like in the, in the middle of the whole ocean, in the middle of the whole ocean. It's this, uh, it's, it happens to be the king of the south who, by the way, let's give him tons of resources and save him from death multiple times. Um, there is something deliciously ironic <laughs> about. Her literally having this guy dead to rights multiple times. At multiple instances, she could have just killed this guy. And then not killing him because she thought he was actually a good guy. Like that is, that is, there's mm, delicious irony in that, but some of the coincidences and feel more like some of the things feel like they happen because the plot needs them to happen as opposed to like organically driven by the story. One of them being she found this guy on a raft in the middle of nowhere. I, am I, um, am, is that a nit that I'm picking? Is that, is that an unreasonable nit? That's a, that's a, a legitimate question. I'm not, I'm no. not being sarcastic. No, 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 no. That's, that's not. <laughs> is this how it happens in the opinion. books, Don? Is this how, do they meet on a raft in the middle of nowhere in the book? As I have mentioned before.
2: <laughs> this show is a lot of the fill in the blanks. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then we will get to the the stuff that Tolkien wrote about.
1: Mhm, mhm.
2: Whether or not you like that fill in the blanks involving rafts and swords <laughs> that need blood and tunnels is totally mm. up to you. <laughs> How did you find uh, that onion article?
1: 2002. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. sorry,
2: I'm still laughing at that part.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, uh, uh, Galadriel says, No, I'll never succumb to your uh, wits, Uh, even though we've seen her spend the last. I mean, it's a cool, yes, it's very cliche, and I don't think it's very well set up, but it's a cool idea of like, hey, come be my queen. You understand why that might be enticing to someone, but yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. For the, Galadriel,
2: no, the whole abusive relationship thing was just totally glossed over. No, everybody else hates you. Only I see how great you are. Only I see your light. That is straight up abusive behavior right there.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Elrond pulls Galadriel out of uh, the water, and she's like, "Oh my gosh." Uh and then she like almost cuts Elrond It's like, prove you're Elrond and you're not some in some dream sequence right now. Yeah. And then he he says where they meet and it's a it's a very sweet moment that they have of like That was that was nice. I like that. That's a nice nice sweet moment, yeah. Yeah. So then uh, Galadriel does not disclose what happened with Halbrand.
2: I don't blame her for that one. I feel I like... agree.
1: Some people, have, some people, have brought, brought up problems with this. I actually didn't mind because yeah. it would make her look really bad. Yeah, um, it yeah. would be like it would be like I'm just going to throw it in the other example, Don. It would be like someone hosting a Lord of the Rings podcast and not bringing up the theory that Halbrand is Sauron for uh! like six episodes. <laughs> I'm, just throwing, uh... I'm just throwing just a like random example that comes to mind. Not. That's not applicable. Nothing uh, completely
2: unrelated to what we're completely talking. Completely
1: unrelated yeah. to what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, so sorry. She David. doesn't tell anyone about it, and then they decide to make the rings anyway. And it's like, hey, uh, two ri- maybe two rings is not enough. There's it's too much. Con- one ring is too much power. Two rings is too much conflict. But three rings, perfectly balanced.
2: Just like um, the founding fathers did for. Our systems of government and oh, nothing
1: yeah. has ever come. Nothing bad has out ever of that. gone wrong with that. That, nope. that it was smooth sailing for us after after that happened. So.
2: Honestly, it seems it seems like we've been smooth sailing since 1776. Really, no, there's been like no there's... challenges
1: of any kind. Uh, so then they uh, they make these rings. I under my understanding from reading them was uh, from reading about it is like one is. Uh, air one is fire one is water and they have color coding to indicate that that's the case
2: they do yes um, so this is uh nenya naria and vilia the yeah. three elven rings of power that we eventually see in the movies one goes to galadriel one goes to elrond and one goes to gandalf however they might not depending on how they one goes to, to
1: gandalf gandalf's not an elf though is he
2: no, there's actually... I don't know if they'll do this in the show. I think yeah. they might, based on another character that may show up in Season 2. There are some well, rumors. Well, it, se- it
1: seemed like it, the three but. of them would be Elrond, Galadriel, and Celebrimbor would be holding the rings based on this, you know?
2: So if... uh y- based on what i
1: saw on the show you i mean i'm probably wrong about that i'm just saying like that was you, my impression watching you it. most likely are and if they do
2: do it the way you think it is i will be very upset so <laughs> let's just leave it at that and i won't spoil
1: too much more mm-hmm. so they forge the rings they forge the rings
2: it was a very and beautifully it, shot scene yeah
1: like nice cool like them, them making the rings and that, has that, that kind yeah of has
2: that been the mission the entire time we, miles we make, teller you've been saying for for weeks now we bring up the what 's the mission here's the yep. here 's the top gun maverick I, it didn't feel like they they necessarily earned the the creation of the rings it wasn't
1: the <laughs> well well Don the creation of the rings happens in like approximately fifteen to twenty minutes of screen time in one episode right um, they didn't set up yeah, I, I guess here's what they did do a good job of setting up. They they mm. did do a good job of setting up like, hey, danger is about to overtake the land. We need this mithril to protect yes. us. Yes. You know, like all that stuff is like pretty pretty that, well. Established, that stuff is you know? set up. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, though the I, I wanted the, to see them spend more time on it.
1: Honestly. On but yeah, on the ring on the rings. It's because it's like it feels pretty important. Uh, and I, I have more questions for you in spoiler section. You know, oh, absolutely, like, absolutely. To to the rings, uh, the the show called the Rings of Power that you might want to. Spend, you know, to quote Ian Malcolm, eventually we will see dinosaurs on this dinosaur tour. Eventually we will <laughs> see, uh, rings of power in this rings of power TV show. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Did we uh, see
2: a game of thrones in this game? Of thrones?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: is there a house made out of dragons in mm-hmm, this show? What's that? Mm, That's mm, a good question.
1: Okay. Uh, anything else that happened in the episode before we get to spoiler section? I will say there is a thing with, um, Ellen uh, Elendil
2: the king, and Muriel.
1: In yeah, Ellen and Muriel. They go back to Numenor. The king is dead, um, which I guess we're supposed to think is a little sad. There's a cool sequence with um, Arian who's like drawing the king. Yeah, and, and then the king like thinks that she's the queen regent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, by the way. <laughs> Also happened in that other show where the king died. Um, oh no! And uh, and uh, and then she kind of goes into this the place of the palantir, and then she like takes the veil off the palantir, but we don't see what she sees, and that's kind of the last we see of Eärendil this season, right? Yes. There's also a scene with uh, Elendil and the Queen Regent on the boat where, you know, they they basically kind of say, "Hey, you have to swear we're going to keep fighting against the evil," mm-hmm. and that's basically it. Right?
2: Question for you here, David? Did you? take any, like, romantic tension from from those two in that scene?
1: A little bit. A little bit. A dash of it. I
2: I, I wasn't sure if I was completely off base there, Um, just because in the interest of full disclosure, uh, this isn't really a spoiler. That is not something that is found in the books. There's no uh, real relationship or interaction between those two in any meaningful way like that. But Mm -hmm. personally, I think that would be a very interesting sort of Character arc for those two, and seeing how like the loss for Ellen Deal. We know it's not total loss of a who we don't see this episode either. <laughs> He's just chilling underneath that <laughs> house, I guess.
1: That's what I'm talking about when I was saying earlier. Like th- this episode is baffling. Like no tie up with a who we know is alive. You know, Um nothing with Elrond and Disa, nothing with Bronwyn. And Arandir, uh, and Disa, sorry, Durin and yeah. Disa. um and then I mean they're basically uh,
2: a thruple at this point. Let's be honest.
1: But, but here's here's the big problem, Don Marshall is, mm-hmm. uh, uh what what happened with Kemen? Did he ever uh, did he ever find a nice young lady to get with? In the Kemen show? was
2: standing behind Aorian when, oh uh, yeah, it blink and you miss him because it's okay. literally only one shot. Okay. Uh, and well. and again this this brings in it's like. I get that they shot these things in different locations and weren't sure how they were going to put it together all at (laughs) once. So when they cut and paste to make eight episodes out of these story arcs, it felt like, oh, right, we need to show Numenor in episode eight. Would this episode, would this show have been a little bit easier to, or sorry, would that specific scene have been a little bit easier to digest had it been in episode five or six? Probably, probably, yeah. And, and it feels like the pacing has just become that they shot everything separately and tried to cut and paste things in there. And the Numenor stuff felt, especially in this episode, felt like they were just sort of, bloop, there's Kemen, one scene, bloop, there's Mm -hmm. Aarian, where's the sealed (laughs) heart?
1: So, any other thoughts on this episode? We have uh, it, uh, There's some spoiler points I want to discuss with you. Yes. But I guess this is probably going to be how we wrap up this season on the main feed. There's going to be another bonus episode as well. But, like, yeah. Like, yeah. We're at the end here. Um, the, the three elven rings have been forged. Uh, Halbrand goes back to Mordor slash Mount Doom. He's just like, time to go back home, I guess. And mm-hmm. that's where we leave that character. And it, an yeah, interest
2: an interesting visual as well, kind of again, a nod to the movie, Frodo and Sam walking towards Mount yeah, Doom, Mount Doom. Yeah. at the and... very last scene, and we get Halbrand, Halron, Salbrand, however you want to call him now. Um I don't uh uh, uh it will s- how do I say this? It will surprise me if we see Charlie Vickers again. Um in season two, but it would also not surprise me if we see him in Mordor, but see him in other forms elsewhere.
1: I see. So you're saying he's not going to be Halbrand anymore. He's going to be some other form, probably.
2: I think we've kind of established that this guy can change who he is yeah. very easily. It wouldn't surprise me if they bring in a kind of shapeshifter portion of mm-hmm. the lore to yeah. this character. Um, remains to be seen unclear but that is one of the things that i think has a lot of potential overall thoughts on this episode though um it was fine it had its issues some things felt unearned some things i felt they did a really great job on
1: um here's my question for you don i mean mm, mm. you've been looking forward to this series for a really long time years right yeah and uh, now that we're at the end of season one, like, how, how do you how do you feel? What has been your experience going through it? I'm very curious. Like, because here's my perception of it: mm-hmm. is that this series has really like activated the hive around Tolkien and his works in a way that you are deeply embedded in. Yes, and and uh, and that it's been like a joy for many people to kind of see these big moments that have never been depicted before on mm-hmm. screen, mm-hmm. um, or these places that have never been depicted before, like um. Casa Doom, you know, yeah, see depicted it, yeah. its glory. Like, we've never seen it really on the big screen or, you know, uh, uh, in its full glory in the way it's rendered in the show. You know, uh, but what, what's the experience been like as you look back on the last, you know, couple months? Like, are you like, man, that was an incredible journey. I'm so glad we went on it. Or are you like... That was mildly disappointing, but I'm so glad we went on it. Or, you know, like what 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 is your kind of feeling as you reflect back on this season?
2: I'm I'm glad this show exists. I like the show. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, I'm thankful that the discussion around it, for the most part, has been let's look at things critically and you know offer improvements or suggestions where we think it uh, didn't necessarily work. Um, And it's been really nice being back in the Tolkien community again in a way that really I haven't gotten a chance to experience since The Hobbit. Um, And I, I recognize that, like, this is a very different beast and we're here in 2022 and the expectations were so high. But I very much tried to temper my expectations for this show and they met them in some places and they didn't in others. But I think overall... I'm going to watch season two. I'm probably going to get excited for season two leading up for it because I see the potential the show has. And I think that it could be something really great. I think I said, I think I said to you, uh, if not on the podcast, um, then off camera that this show has the potential to be the next Game of Thrones that in the way that it was the sort of cultural catalyst or jump starter. Did this season feel like that? No. No, I don't think they've gotten there yet. I didn't expect that to be the case. And I think I can, I'm hopeful that I can sort of look back on all five seasons and say, rough start. But yeah, they got their feet under them. They utilize, they, they, they recognize their strong points, like the Doran Diza Elrond storyline, that line of writing. They trimmed the fat where it needed to be. You don't need that many main characters. Let's make these storylines a bit more compelling uh, in the places where they need to be, and really hone in on that. Um, I got to give a lot of props to Bear McCreary who did the music. Phenomenal job. Agree. No mean,
1: no disagreement there. It's incredible. It's been incredible. Fantastic yeah. job.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The cinematography was great. The landscape shots were wonderful. Um, I thought especially the the close-ups on the ring, the creation of the ring, the cinematography there was great. The music was great. And regardless of whether or not I feel it was earned, I think if I can go back and watch that scene sort of in a vacuum, I thought it was very well done. Um, And I think the thing that the show did, for me at least, was it made me curious still. I'm still... I'm not I'm not at the point where I think uh it's not worth it anymore. I'm still curious to see where these characters go. Um I I still care about the characters uh for me at least. I know many don't and you know, if there's too many and losing track, but for me yeah. I I the show is fine. I think it has met my expectations in some places and failed in others, but that's kind of what I was expecting. I thought the hype for this show was A little bit too much, but on both sides, the, the hate for it was too much Mm -hmm. and the, the excitement for it was too much. Did I sort of fall into my own trap of, Ooh, I'm a little (laughs) excited fanboy? Absolutely. And I, I kind of figured I was going to do that at a certain point, especially after episode six, which if I'm being honest, I feel like they should have stopped there. Um, (laughs) just from a storytelling standpoint, I think if you end it there, season two, it's like, yeah, season one's a lot of setup, but, but the end episode is like, Oh, it's great and then you go to season two. They didn't do that. That's fine. I'll move on. And uh, I'm very curious to see what they will uh, do in season two.
1: Yeah, uh, this was a, they gave an interview to Hollywood Reporter recently, I believe, Mm -hmm, if I recall mm -hmm. correctly, that they were like, season two is when things are really going to get good, you know, and it's just like.
2: They've been saying that for a while. They said that even before. They said that at Comic-Con. They said that at interviews. It's like this season is the setup. We have to know what's how did they phrase it? They had to know what's at stake. they had to know what could be lost um
1: i i, I mean a couple things first of all, there's another show that was covered on the decoding t v podcast network this week that um that also had a similar finale where it's like, but season two is when we're really gonna do it right, <laughs> you know and it's like okay well you could- you could have just made season one you know what you wanted it to be instead um and I, I think that if their goal from season one was to, like, get you really invested in this world, for me it failed, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, for other people, it has clearly succeeded. And I am really um, torn about, like, it, uh, here's the thing. I love hopping on the mic and talking about the show with you. It's super fun. Yeah, I am sensitive to the fact that some people don't, like that oh <laughs> like like what i mean by that is like they don't want to hear me like ragging on the show for the problems that i think it has and um and i do wonder like okay if we if we cover this show again next season like um should we pair you up with somebody who is like more into the show because like people don't want to listen to like people crap on the show I, I don't think that's what i have done but i can totally understand if you listen to it you're like i'm tired of David david's negativity i think this season has been overall um, there's been some great moments, but most of the time it has been, in my opinion, a narrative failure. Um, it has failed to like get me really invested in most of the characters. Uh, it has failed to make me feel like the events in the show are motivated by characters, or that like the idea behind most basic storytelling and screenwriting is like one action needs to fall like needs to be because of the last action, right? Mm-hmm. Like something happens because the last thing happened. Yeah. why did Galadriel meet Halbrand? Because she randomly encountered him <laughs> in the middle of the ocean, right? Yeah, Gal- like,
2: Galadriel, need, uh, Halbrand needed to already be in Numenor,
1: right, or something, something like that. Like, yeah. to, for 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 it to feel like this. This, I don't, I don't know why they didn't do it that way. You know, that it's a very reasonable approach they could have taken, where it's like it, it makes more sense. Um, like, oh, there's this guy named Halbrand who everyone talks about, like. Have you heard he has said he is the king of the South or, you know, whatever? Like, if, you, and, and I'm making up dialogue like that, but if once you say I'm good in the show, like you've, you've surrendered your ability to have the higher claim on yeah. uh, who's writing better dialogue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I think in, in terms of bringing in a large group of people and getting them invest in this world, I am curious to see whether it will be successful or not. My guess is no. My guess is from what I've seen in my limited sphere, uh, a lot of people are like, They've, they feel like they've given this show a chance, and they're like, okay, we'll see if season two gets better. But if not, like, I'm out. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of been my perception. That might not be your perception. But anyway, my, my point is I also recognize if you're listening to a Rings of Power podcast, you probably like the show. Uh, and so I think maybe there's a, there's a different way we could structure the show where like, uh, you, you have a co-host who's really into it, and you know, it, it's more fun that way. Potentially. I don't know. Let us know what you think at DecodingTV at gmail.com. I will just say it has been super fun to walk through it with you. And, yeah. Uh, and, and even though I feel like – and I'll just say this also finally about like each individual plot line. Like some of the plot lines I think like have been pretty strong. Um, when the plot lines are strong, it's when I feel like we're experiencing genuine emotions between the characters. So I'm talking about Elrond and Galadriel. I can like feel there's like warmth there, right? Uh, Elrond, Durin, and Dísá. Durin and his dad, like those are all plot lines where I feel like uh, I, I can sense that there's a relationship with texture mm-hmm. in there, mm-hmm. right? Um, most of the stuff with Galadriel, Galadriel talking with Halbrand, like all, all of it feels so plot driven. It's like we we're doing this because we need to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing, to get to the next, you know. And it doesn't feel like this is what a character would actually... Why would the, these people trust? Colidro, I guess, yes, because they saw the the dream with the f- flood flowing in and stuff like that the flood but like,
2: the flowers the th- but then there it's were like, there were reasons, but. but
1: then to go from that to oh, people are just dying to get on board the ship, you need a little bit more texture to this world mm-hmm, to like mm-hmm. understand why people would behave in this way, um and I don't feel like the show delivered that texture, it felt like uh, It felt like people mashing action figures together for the most part. And like, (laughs) hey, wouldn't it be cool if dot, dot, dot Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. what it felt like for most of the season. So ultimately, the experience of doing Decoding TV with you covering Rings of Power has been a delight. The experience of watching the show has been a disappointment. (laughs) But I'm grateful to have had the opportunity. And so thank you if you've listened this far, you've probably listened to a bunch of other episodes. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. And a, a big thanks to Don for joining me for this journey. So oh, Dawn, thank, thank you, you for having
2: yeah. me. No, this is, this has been lovely. It's been, and honestly, it, it has been kind of refreshing to talk to someone from who, you know, <laughs> has an industry perspective and isn't just like fanboying with me about the stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it, you know, it keeps me honest. I can't, uh I can't be, I can't be too like uh yeah. uh happy go lucky in this. And, and I think, it keeps, I want to look at- yeah. it keeps you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, it does.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. We're going to wrap up here. And uh, you can find more episodes at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Find us on TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at decodingtv. Thanks for listening. And we're about to get into a spoiler section oh, of yeah. the show. So here we go. But if you don't want to listen to spoilers, you should stop listening now. Thanks so much for joining us this season. Keep it tuned into Decoding TV for more in the future. We'll see you later. Okay, Don Marshall. We didn't actually stop recording. We're actually just keeping going here. Nope, we're still going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I wanted to let people like have an off point if they don't want book spoilers. Well, one thing I wanted... Here's another nit I didn't pick during the show, by the way, that I'm oh. just going to throw in here. Yeah, okay. which is uh, they... Uh, at one point, they're like, hey, we need uh, Galadriel's dagger to like oh, form God. this thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And somebody... I was reading this review, and it pointed out, like... Wouldn't there be tons of stuff in like a region that's made from Valinor?
2: No, not necessarily oh, okay. actually. All that right. that that specifically I actually I, I wasn't crazy about the fact that it was it felt a little bit rushed, but yes, that is when when the war happened, the orcs stole everything from the battlefield cuz mm, okay. they're they're pillaging and just it's it's a massacre. So there's very little of stuff from the Undying Lands
1: in yep. Middle-earth. Uh, okay, I have a, I have several questions. Question Go number one: it. In last week's episode, you were like something happened in episode seven that made you realize for sure yeah. that Halbrand was someone. What was the thing? The thing. We, we are full book spoilers from this point forward. So full yeah.
2: book spoilers. Okay. Yeah. Um, am I allowed to swear in this part? I am assuming that.
1: <laughs> sure. Why not? Uh, okay. Why not? Okay. Go ahead.
2: I knew that little shit was Sauron from the moment I saw him on the raft because this show's writing has great moments, but his second line of dialogue is looks can be deceiving, and i 'm like i don 't trust him i it might be Saruman, but i 'm like, mm, no, no, sure, because in full book spoilers
1: yeah we we covered that last week by the way, yes, yeah, we did yeah, we
2: did yeah. Sauron goes to Numenor because he gets captured by our pharazon because our pharazon goes to middle earth to try and colonize it and i thought that it would have made a little bit more sense if halbrand sauron was already in there because it's like oh well the battle has already happened we have already captured this guy from middle earth but he turned out to be a pretty good dude he's a blacksmith and by the way he's corrupting us because spoiler alert sorry i feel very passionately about this you've let me you've let the yeah, <laughs> you let me do off it. the leash <sighs> where to even begin <laughs> Sauron has another form called Anatar, and Anatar is this fair elven or sm- er, this fair elven looking smith that um helps Celebrimbor. So, as soon as I found out that rather than stay in the Southlands and heal, Galadriel immediately went, I need to get him to this guy. I knew that it was going to be the Anatar Celebrimbor making the rings, but instead it's Halbrand and Celebrimbor mm-hmm. making the rings. And I went,
1: okay. Well, uh, so so that's that's the thing that happened episode that's seven when she's yes. like, "I need you, you you need elvish medicine. We need to get yes. you back." That's that's when you're like, yes. "Oh, that's the way they're going to go with that." Yes, plot. as yeah. soon as as soon
2: as Galadriel said, "I need to get him to Lindon," I went, "Okay, Halbrand is going to be in the same room as Celebrimbor. There is absolutely no reason to get him there unless he needs elvish medicine, which is not clear from." anything we see on the wound and the show has been bloody and gory enough and we didn't see the wound and there's no way that he could have ridden that horse with a septic gut thing (laughs) unless he's a freaking angel. Like, oh. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Mm -hmm. sorry. I I got very confused there for a second and was just like, yeah, that's the
1: moment I knew. I've read some stuff online about how the way that they have chosen to do the rings is really weird. Because my understanding Mm. is... In the book, so there's what three rings for the elves. Three rings there's for the elves. Seven rings for the dwarves. Is that right? Yes,
2: seven rings for the dwarves and their nine. Ro- stone.
1: Nine rings for the men, right? Yep. And then one ring to rule them all. Um, but my understanding was it's incredibly important the order in which the rings were forged, and like the show is playing with that somehow. Is that correct? Not necessarily the order, but the
2: idea that. Sauron never touched the Elven rings, and he still didn't. He still doesn't know that they are making the Elven rings, right? He didn't get his hands on them because <laughs> I mean they were. Oh wait, about no, to actually, no, actually, them. that's a lie. That's a lie. He does yes. know they're making the rings, yes. but he his ha- his magic, his dark malice, never touched them. So Sauron and is potentially Which, for
1: for for why though? Like he was there, right? Like. He just decided to peace out, I guess, right? Like, in the show.
2: He, he, he I I read that as he didn't want to take the chance of Galadriel revealing his identity and them not making mm. the rings. Okay, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. there okay, being, yep. you know, him getting captured again, him yeah, not yeah, being... Because, yeah. you know, Sauron, he's one dude. He's powerful, but, like, an entire elven army... One v one thousand would probably be enough to take him out. I think <laughs> maybe we're going to see something like that in season four or five. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yes, yeah.
2: that's how I yeah. do. As soon as I've had my suspicions, and as soon as they brought him to Lindon, I'm like, cool, this guy. oh well, well, yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah.
1: So I, no, I get that. I get that. But 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 back to my question of like, I guess, what is your feelings as a book reader on how the show did the Rings of the Elves? Like, because I, I I read some stuff online that's basically like. This this is really weird and rushed, the way they did this. It, it, it yeah. does feel to me like, hey, they they basically do it all in the course of this one episode. But it feels like it should be a bigger deal, and maybe but maybe it shouldn't be. I don't know. Like you you tell me if it should be a bigger it's,
2: deal. You know the the thing that you have to keep in that I always try to keep in mind in the second age is that we don't have a lot of context for stuff. Right? We have well, I, I guess I shouldn't say context. Let me rephrase the thing we have to keep in mind about the second age is that we have the broad strokes of events, Celebrimbor and Anatar create the rings, but there's no dialogue about what they said or how they did it. And so this is just one of those moments where if you disagree with the direction the show is taking, that's just you disagreeing with that decision. It's not necessarily, well, this didn't happen this way. It's very much a try to keep in mind. We don't have as much detail about it. And that's kind of how I've gone into every episode. Um, did it feel rushed to me? I- yeah, I feel like they could have spent more time on it, and that could have been the season two, episode two, or episode three. It's like, we got the mithril, we figured it out, we took the time to know what to do. Thanks, Halbrand, for all that help, by the way. And then the season two, episode one opener could have been like the, hey, surprise, we've been working together for so long.
1: Uh, yeah, it felt rushed, uh, I- I- but it's not I am- necessarily in the books. I am baffled by the decisions they made this season. Like, the, the Halbrand's deception. First of all, completely removing Halbrand culpability at all from the whole situation <laughs> is really mm-hmm. weird. Like, so it, it makes it. A, How so? A, well, what I mean by that is if it was up to him, he wouldn't have gone back to the South Lines at all.
2: I right, just like, okay. I disagree with. Can I? Can I? Before, because I think I know what you're about to say, but I think I read into it well, a little. Differently.
1: Sure, I, I I went back and watched all the scenes and. Okay. And he was fighting Galadriel every step of the way to not go back to the Southlands. Now, maybe Mm -hmm. he would have gone back there eventually Mm -hmm. and figured out a way back there eventually. But, like, in the context of the show, if Galadriel had done nothing, Mm -hmm. I don't think Halbrand would have gone back to the Southlands and made Mordor or whatever, you know? Uh,
2: I saw that as Sauron playing into the deception side and sort of making it somebody else. Sauron's name is Sauron the Deceiver, right? So Mm -hmm. he is deceiving people into making these decisions. And I, I read that as even Sauron knows he probably can't just say all right I'm going to activate Mordor I'm going to do all of this like he's taking his time with it so I always read it as Sauron is um is convincing other people to do the work for him right mm. no Please don't make me king of the Southlands. I want to stay in Numenor in that sort of sarcastic way so, he's doing so he's,
1: he's, uh, Well, first of all, he's not. doesn't seem to be sarcastic when he's saying it. And in fact, Charlie Vickers has said he didn't know he was Sauron when he was acting in the early seasons, uh, episodes of this season. So I, I think it was all earnestly done. What? What? Okay, here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> Are, you Are you serious? Are you serious? Oh, God. Uh, the Rings of Power finale. Even Sauron actor didn't know he was Sauron at first.
2: When you say at first, what does that mean? (laughs) What when I didn't know
1: for sure until the beginning of the third episode. That's what he says. We filmed the first two episodes. The show went on hiatus because of COVID. Right then, towards the end of the hiatus, the show went so so. He is not in Numenor until the third episode. So I guess you're right. You, You could be right there that like okay you know okay
2: i'm i'm not necessarily trying to justify that action but that does not seem as unreasonable to me knowing what yeah, happened sure. with covid so
1: he says um i did have an inkling if i'm honest with you my last two auditions were uh, reading lines from Richard the third, and we know he's not the greatest guy in the world. <laughs> and then the other uh, audition lines were from paradise lost where you're literally giving the speech of Satan. So that gave me an inkling that there was something up. I was definitely suspicious, but it wasn't confirmed until right before we started filming the third episode, end quote. So, so, okay, fair enough, fair enough. It's not until he get, uh, when he is a Numenor and talking to Galadriel, he does know that he is. So, okay, fair, fair, fair point. But Interesting. he didn't know in the first two episodes, he did not know in the first two episodes. Um, but anyway, my my point was, and I, I guess I should have made this point earlier, is uh, on the podcast is it, it does feel like we spent all this time with Bronwyn and Arendir when we could have spent it figuring out what Sauron's plan was and whether he's going to achieve it, what what it's like to forge these rings of power, what that actually means to forge these rings of power. And instead, all – literally everything I just said felt super rushed in the last episode. Right?
2: Yeah. and and, and unfortunately – It's not something that we see in the books. If we're going full spoiler territory, right, The there's never really a mention of, and there is a battle fought in the Southlands, and Mordor explodes. It's basically just like, yes, Sauron Sauron used Mordor as a sort of hub. Then he created another place. We see that in The Hobbit. It's called Dol Guldor. The Hobbit movies, I should say. I don't know if we ever actually see it in the books, but regardless.
1: All right. Don Marshall, are there there's been multiple times during the season when you are like, ooh, I I'm holding myself back from saying anything more, but um now I I am curious if there's anything that sticks out in your mind that you you really wanted to discuss or Yes. Uh, um yes. A, <laughs> Go
2: lo- ahead. a lot of the things I was holding myself back on was Yes. There is a character named Anatar. He's going to work with Celebrimbor. Right. And that's probably that Anatar, the name Anatar is Sauron. That is the name mm-hmm. he takes and the fact that we didn't See it there. Um, there's probably not believe, gonna be
1: an Anatar character in this there, in the show, right?
2: There's a very good chance we don't see it. I feel yeah. like maybe we might we here's here's what I will say. Um I think that there was a little nod to Anatar when uh Halbrand said Think of it as a gift or however he says it in, in the line when he's thinking of, when he's giving the, the gift of his knowledge, this information, because the name Anatar means bringer of gifts. So it is possible we will see a different actor, maybe be a shapeshifter because Sauron can shapeshift. We might see him more in season two. We might see Celebrimbor fall into the, um, trap of working with him again not realizing it as him because he calls himself anatar he looks different than hal Brand's character um and it might be that direction they chose but i'll be honest they have changed so much already i don't necessarily know what direction they're going and that is uh i know the major points that they probably want to hit hit which is what makes me excited for the later seasons mm-hmm. i just don't know how we're gonna get there
1: a mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, question about gandalf yeah so baron tw uh, on the decoding tv boards yes you know, um, it's clearly a very knowledgeable to- about tolkien right oh yeah he made this comment uh, a few weeks ago uh, or they made this comment a few weeks ago um Matt on decodingtv.com was, uh, posited maybe uh, the stranger is Saruman, like, and that was a theory that was going around too. Baron commented Saruman and Gandalf are the same age in that they are both Mayar, so both created at the same time before the creation of the world, and both of them took on human form at the same time in the Third Age. The difference is more their relative power as individuals, and Saruman was appointed as the leader, and so allowed to use more of his power. When Gandalf comes back post-Balrog, he's been allowed to use more of his power in human form. Radagas is the third, uh, Radagas is the third sent with them, but there are two sent earlier. I won't say more than that to avoid spoilers, but based on how fast and loose the show is taking it, the stranger could well be Gandalf at this point, which is totally the show jumping the shark. That's what Baron T.W. says. Then I said, why do you think he's jumping the shark if Gandalf is a stranger? And Baron T.W. says, as a book reader, I am not a fan when it breaks established lore. And Gandalf does not arrive until well into the Third Age. He isn't present when Isildur gets the One Ring, which is clear in Lord of the Rings. He certainly isn't around when the rings are made. He doesn't recognize Bilbo's ring as a silver's, as he arrived 1,000 years after it went missing. He's a character we know a lot about. He's getting his ring when he arrives in Middle-earth as a choice by Sir Dan to give it to Gandalf and not to Saruman. But yes. conversely, I'm really enjoying it when the show grabs a character we don't know much about uh, or creates one that makes sense. The show then has the runway to do whatever it likes to do uh, and create an interesting story. The Blue Wizards are an example of where they could do this. Lots of space to work. They have an arc in that we know what they did. Uh, we know in that what we know is they did their job and then went AWOL by the Third Age. Hence why Gandalf, Saruman, and Radagast get sent. If they make The Stranger Gandalf, it is a marketing decision, not a storytelling one. It is people knew him from the Peter Jackson movies. Uh, a blue wizard is an interesting option, as they can invent 99% of the story around it while still fitting in with Savage lore, whereas Gandalf is the opposite. End quote. What say you, Don Marshall? Has the show destroyed the Gandalf lore? It sounds like, based on our conversation earlier, you don't feel that way. But what do you think of Baron T.W.'s comments?
2: Uh, has it destroyed the lore? No. Has it... Changed it for the better, potentially. Um, And uh, again, we spent all episode wondering. So now we actually get to see what Gandalf does. Gandalf's story is barely written about. Right? He comes over on a boat, and Kirdon, the shipwright, gives him the Elven Ring of Power. Kirdon holds one of the rings. Tolkien also had several different versions of when the wizards come over. He changed his mind about the blue wizards names like three or four times. Um, So to me, that kind of um, playing fast and loose with the lore doesn't bother me because really all we have established in the Silmarillion is the stuff that his son Christopher took and put in the book. He very well could have taken other stuff that was completely different and Put it in there instead, um, because there are so many... Ver- like, Sauron, S- Sauron's a cat in one of the early drafts of of the <laughs> mm-hmm. of the Lord of the Rings. He's known as Tevildo, the Prince of Cats. Um, so has it destroyed the lore? No. Uh, it hasn't it's, gone It certainly with- changed
1: the lore. It, it, changed,
2: it changed the lore, but in the same way that they're changing Galadriel, I'm fine with it. There's really not much there, and they can do it in another way that is hopefully more interesting. Because, like... Look, if we were to have the established lore, Galadriel's not in it. She's chilling in a forest, she has a baby, and, spoilers, Elrond marries that baby.
1: Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Like, do you think that's going to happen in the show?
2: Uh, Unless they do a time skip, which I don't think so. Uh, No, unless the... No. No.
1: Everyone's been saying... Hey, when is Elrond gonna get with Galactriel's babies? <laughs> I, they might
2: not. And because yeah. of the timeline compression, you know, the fact that they're introducing Gandalf in the second age instead of the third, I feel like they're just gonna ignore it. It's like, ah, oh, that happened during the third age and we're just not covering it. Don't worry about it. It's not really that important unless you want an Arwen, a baby Arwen cameo. Um, and we could, I mean, we could theoretically see Elrond go through even more emotional trauma because of what happens to his wife, um, which, if, I can explain that yes. if you'd like. But it, well, yeah. so,
1: it's up to you. It's up to you. Um, you think. It,
2: the thing is, it might not be relevant to the story. It's just piling on more trauma for Elrond. His wife gets captured by orcs, and the way that they torture her is basically enough for her to say, yeah, um, I know we're married. I know we've got kids. I'm done. I'm out. I'm going back to Valinor. Bye.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And that's terrible. And you could theoretically just and this was one of my ideas from the start, you needed to make the show about Elrond, I think, or make the show about Galadriel and have that person be your through line. I know there's a lot going on, but there's too many characters. So I think Elrond needs to be your through character, your through line character, or
1: Galadriel. Well, you know, I think, yeah. I mean, I think Galadriel, Morphic Clark is like, seems like a very talented actress. She has an amazing look for this character, you know, mm-hmm. it's very distinct, very striking. Um but most of the performance has been pretty one-note. Um largely because of the script, largely because Yeah, of the I think a lot of end. that
2: has to Yeah, nothing to do with Morvis Clark's Nothing performance. to do with their abilities.
1: Yeah. It's just more I like think- it's just, like, it's been, like, intensely determined for most of the episode. And this episode was only really when we got a hint that there was more there, um, you know. Because- I feel like I got a little bit of a hint in episode seven of her changing oh, her Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's true, mistake, too. But, but she, yeah, no, I agree. Huge, I agree. She, she was like, I've made a huge tiny mistake. And then this episode, I've made a huger tiny mistake. Um, yes. With uh, the, the, uh, I definitely
2: but- want to see more growth
1: from her in season two. We forgot to mention in the main episode, Don, that <laughs> Elrond, like, discovers... Um, oh, Elrond also shoot. knows about the thing. That's
2: yeah. right, Elrond yeah. knows.
1: Yeah. Oh, Sorry. God. Anyway, Oops. hopefully you've listened to this far and you got <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so that that's interesting to see how they're, that's going to play out next episode. But, yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Uh. But but uh. Yeah. Like uh. It's. But I'm also like okay. So Galadriel's made this. Massive miscalculation. I I mean, Don... Go ahead. If if, if we learned today on this podcast that, like, this whole time, the last eight eight weeks, not only were you not who you say you are, (laughs) but you've been actively working against me the entire time and, like, lying to me, that would take me... I'm not exaggerating. Weeks, if not months, to recover from. (laughs) I'd be, like, really questioning myself, like and really angry at you probably. And really, you know, I'd have a lot of different thoughts. Um, and I don't know that we really see that in Galadriel, this episode, you know, like, no, like I don't... if I had been, if I had come this close to killing the person I've been trying to kill for the last, however many years, and then wasted it because of my own stupidity, I would be really, really upset about that, you know? And we didn't really get that. Again, I think this is a script. I, I think Morven Clark, can deliver that, you know, oh, but yeah. I don't, oh, I don't yeah. think, I don't think that the script really allowed her to, and that's very disappointing um, to me. So when you say Galadriel should have been the main character, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm like, she, the, the character has to go through more than what I think we saw of this season. Oh, abso- oh yeah, know, when, when I time, say
2: that Galadriel yeah. or Elrond should have been the main character, I mean rewriting
1: everything. Yeah.
2: I don't think they're ever going to do that, nor do I think it was even the most plausible option because the second age has a lot of different moving parts, right? It's not necessarily narratively uh, the best thing, but like in the same way that the prequel trilogy in Star Wars should have been about Obi-Wan, I am of the opinion that the, the, again, that was uh, an opinion thing, but like prequels focus on the Anakin obi-wan relationship but then we see just anakin stuff and then we see just obi-wan stuff but like probably would have been a little bit better if we hadn't seen all the anakin stuff unless mm-hmm. obi-wan and anakin mm-hmm. that's a whole that's a yeah, different i mean, I
1: mean the, the show took the show took this show lord mm-hmm. of the rings took the kind of game of thrones approach we're going to check in with all these people but it's yep. like it is hard to write one arc that is good let alone six yep and the show might have tackled a little too too many arcs yeah um, and, and and it didn't have to tell the. it did not have to tell the story this way Did not have the stories. It could have just been like, yes. Could have been, we're following Elrond. Every scene has Elrond in it. That it could have done that for the whole series. Didn't want to do that. And, you know, we can judge how successful it was. Um, Anything else, Don, that, so I feel like I brought up the main things. The Halbrand stuff. Yeah, no, that's it. The Gandalf stuff, you know. The Celebrimbor um, Anatar stuff. Yeah. Um, Right. And the rings, the ring stuff. You're not bothered by like how the rings are. Like, I, I don't know. I could have sworn I read online somewhere about like, that that the fact that these rings were formed before like or that they were supposed to be formed at a certain time or in a certain order, um and that like you know uh that the way they've done it in the show is kind of breaking the lore or you know, a breaking from the, the lore in some way.
2: Look, there's there's been a lot of departures from the lore. Uh, yeah. In a lot of Okay. How about this? What
1: are the ones? What are the departures that you think have worked the best, and what are the ones you think have been the least successful? I'm curious. I think
2: about that? Adar is probably the strongest. um yeah. Yeah. The strongest part of the new made up lore. Um,
1: is Ad- Adar a character in the books?
2: Adar is not a character in the books. No. Oh. So not he's a completely
1: just completely fresh made up. Show invention. That's pretty yes. cool. Yes. I like that.
2: Uh, yeah. I do too. I think, honestly, yeah. I think the whole Southland stuff, because we don't get as much detail. is not a character. It's Amazon only. Bronwyn isn't. Theo isn't. Um, but I, I like the Bronwyn-Arundir relationship. I don't necessarily know what they're gonna do with them in season two. Um, that's why I said I'm curious about the show, but. I don't um,
1: think the showrunners knew what they were going to do with them at the end of season one. You know, that <laughs> is
2: entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Because they
1: don't show up at all. Okay, anyway. Yep. Anyway, um, yep. yes.
2: So, um...
1: Yeah, so so Adar, yes. you thought, worked. You liked the Adar? I th- and, yes, yeah, I yeah.
2: thought okay. Adar worked very well. I thought yeah. visually, I thought... Um, the Numenor stuff worked. I didn't like him at first, but now that I've heard a couple of theories, I feel like Kemen is going to be cannon fodder for the eventual civil war in mm-hmm. Numenor, which we can talk about a little bit more. Because, like, um, I, I, David, I don't know if you picked up on this. Um, not Some not-so-great stuff happens to Numenor, and they've kind of already revealed what's going to happen to Numenor.
1: Tell, uh, the flooding? the, the m- flooding? Tell me— the flood. The flood. Okay, I see. So there is so a big th- That flood. is a that is a prophecy. That's yeah. Yes.
2: Um. I wasn't crazy about the fact that they already showed it. They've been mm-hmm. hinting at it. The sea is always right in that kind of like. Well, if the sea is going to drown you, the sea had a reason to drown you, and they kind of took that as like there's mm-hmm. a Poseidon-esque type character. That's one of the Valar, the gods in uh, in uh, the Undying Lands that they kind of hint at, and um, Eru, the god is like, okay, yeah, we can we can do that. Um. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I think Adar was handled very well. I think the Numenor stuff for all its faults, um, was, was pretty good in terms of like spoilers and setup and new stuff that they added. Like Aarion's not a character in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm very curious to see where she goes, um, because her and Kemen both feel like devices that will lead to further the plot.
1: Right, because she's theoretically going to see the Palantir and who knows what's going to happen. She's
2: going to see the Palantir yeah. things. That, that, and again, it, it kind of sucks because it feels like rather than doing what Adar is in that it is an, a, an unexplored part of an unknown character, but rather a concept, they're not changing anything. They're adding on to it in their own way. Some of the stuff feels like it's a change and a departure. Now, a lot of that doesn't really bother me because I'm just you know, along for the ride. I'll enjoy it or I won't, whatever. Um, But I know that that can affect a lot of people um, that care very deeply. Um, And it kind of sucked because we did get into a little bit of like the gatekeepy kind of stuff where it's like, no, it has to be done this way. Um, So I I think the way that they handled Adar was very good. Um, But the stuff that they didn't handle as well. um, I liked the Galadriel storyline. I didn't necessarily like the final result. Um, finding Halbrand on a raft was not nearly as strong as being introduced to him in Numenor, Mm -hmm. because that wouldn't have been, that wouldn't have been as much of a departure from the lore, because as we know now after eight episodes, Sauron is already in Numenor, corrupting the people, um, and that happens in the books, and to a lesser extent, that happened in the show. And he sort of had our Pharaoh Zanzier for a little bit and became a smith and started like showing them all of these great things. That stuff happens in the books, too. I think it would have been cool to see that rather than I'm on a boat.
1: <laughs> I'm on a boat, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, got it. And uh, I, I see you have not mentioned the Harfwits at all, Don. <laughs> But Harfoots it, aren't in the books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the
2: excuses that the showrunner gave are really loose. And uh, I've had the pleasure of meeting both of them. They are great guys. I think some of the ways that they handled the answers to why are there hobbits? Hobbits don't show up during the third age was incredibly trite, and they could have handled it a lot better. I liked the Harfoot story. It's fine. Got it. Okay. Underwhelmed. Underwhelmed.
1: All right. Well, we're going to try to do uh, one more bonus episode next week. If you have any questions, DecodingTV at gmail.com, send them in. in, um, Any other things you want to discuss. I'll also look at the DecodingTV.com boards as well. um, And anything else that pops up, you know, there's going to be stories written, interviews, stuff like that. We'll probably just talk about a lot of the reaction to the finale in season one. So
2: Send me your cues. All
1: right. Thanks, right.
2: Thank you. Thanks, everybody.